appreciate you coming to LA, son. Dude, I'm 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 so thankful to be here. Um, no, this has been great. Uh, and as we were talking about earlier, when you said, um, you know, when you want to go someplace, you want to go and, um, you know, see the natives and whatnot. Mm. That's what I got. That's what y'all did for me. You know, I mean, essentially, I walked around um, um, Highland Park, you know, a bit mm. and saw and me and George went to the went to the pub there uh, a couple times. And um, I mean, that's kind of what I was looking for. Just, you know, just a place to come and relax. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've taken a, a long vacation like this. Um, the last one was uh, DreamHack, uh, which is just a big place where you bring your PCs and it's a big network that people go and stay overnight in the warehouse and um, hacker parties kind of hacker but, <laughs> but uh, less hacker more gaming mm. so they just stole the name hacker yeah. you know uh, dream hack so well it's good to get good to have a you know it's good to get away and uh, get a change of pace once in a while yep absolutely um, Cincinnati was getting a bit dry a bit stale yeah a little bit stale and you know it's uh uh there's still a couple things i'd like to do there um but it's definitely not um you know it's not my new home yeah. after orlando so as a as a midwest guy i guess you're midwest right the cusp Ohio, yeah, yeah right inside of the midwest, midwest somewhere mm-hmm what is uh what is your thoughts on uh on california you know just in general like it gets a lot of like people i talk to back east of course are kind of like and california does have its flaws you know but i think coming from they're pretty critical curious to see an outside observers you know perspective coming from coming from orlando uh central florida there's a lot of similarities um you know that's uh, orlando is tourism so you know you grew up with that which is there's a lot of that out here there's a lot of people la is huge um uh, i you know i've been to new york um uh, which is also you know large and densely packed but um not the same way though it's, it's not different. the same yeah. and, and it's i guess it's really it, it appears more densely packed here than it is and, and there's you know numerous places that i have not gone in la that but from what i've seen you know i mean it's it's uh it's somewhat packed it's not as densely packed i don't think as new york um people people don't live upward right here, here as much as much yeah. they're, they're starting it's, it's not to, as it's not as densely packed it is more sprawled sure and it's just the sprawl of L.A. is just huge. I mean, absolutely huge. I didn't know until I started researching before, right before I came, um, just how huge it is. Um, but uh, I'm glad we got to go to the beach because, you know, being from Orlando and and uh, despite, you know, my lack of tan uh, <laughs> or ability to gain one, um, you know, I spend a lot of time at the beach and I, I connect with uh you know, with uh, the marine, yeah. you know, part of Florida. And so, um, yeah, it was nice to come out to the West Coast and, and see that. Yeah, something very calming about being at the beach. Absolutely. You know, seeing the massive uh, expanse of water that doesn't end until the horizon does is uh, very humbling. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a much bigger one than 
the Atlantic. You know, there's <laughs> much bigger. It's terrifying how to think about how big the Pacific is. Yep. And Pacific's got Point Nemo, where at that point you're closer to the uh, people in the ISS if they're right overhead than anywhere else. Yeah. And you're in the middle of nowhere. But um, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, LA's been really cool. The food has been fantastic. Uh, it's expensive as hell out here. Yeah. You know, um, food is is definitely more expensive. It's not just property. It's not just rent. No, it's it's living yeah. it's expenses. Absolutely, I mean, costs. That's why I do find it somewhat, you know, frustrating. Sometimes I, I talk to people and they and they're, you know, they they want everybody to have the same the same equal pay, and I'm like, well, you know, some people in some cities need a higher baseline than some people in other cities where the cost of living is like dramatically lower. Sure, you know. Sure. Everybody needs a, a good bump up. I think we could all probably agree on that. But yeah, but, but there is definitely a difference in the cost of living in, in cities when you start looking at like San Francisco, L.A., New York, cities like that sure. versus even or, or an Orlando or, a, you know, any of these other, you know, big but mid-sized cities, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it's it's quite a bit different. It is absolutely. Um, well, you come from, you kind of come from a, one of these like well, Cincinnati's kind of a big city, but it's like not pretty big city, not like this. No, it's not. Um, you know, it's like the beginning of the Midwest. It's the it's the you know, the gateway to the Midwest. Um, gateway to America's heart. To America's heartland. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of well, there's a lot of money in Cincinnati, and so a lot of old money, and uh, and you know there's there's a lot of state pride, well a lot of city pride, you know in Cincinnati, um, you know you've got two big sports teams there, which I'm not used to. I was not used to the Magic from Orlando because they weren't as Magic weren't as um, magical. Well, I mean, the team was good. Like I even not following sports. Like I remember when like Penny Hardaway and Shaq and whoever were like. That was when it was the shit. Yeah. That was when it was the best. But that's the closest. Like they started up. I remember. I remember them starting up. Um, You want some of this? Yeah, I'll take a hit. Just a little bit. I got this one kind of fucked up glass and then got this other glass. I never got into this. I, I, I still never got into sports, even even with the magic being, you know, created in my lifetime. Um, but then to come out to Cincinnati and it's huge with the Bengals uh, and the Reds. I think, you know, tourist cities and cities with warm weather don't take professional sports as serious for some, thing? for some reason. I mean, outside of your college towns, I mean, I know that here, like, we've got sports teams, but it's kind of like they're a passing thing almost. It's like, you know, nobody's like diehard. Well, some people, I guess, do diehard it. But I just feel like, you know, those those Midwest, those those northern cities, like they identify with it much more because it's 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 a harder life. Yeah, dealing with the winter year in year out like it brings people together and gives them something to be hopeful when it's miserable outside whether it's football basketball hockey whatever it is yeah 
cities with good weather. There's lots to do. There's other things that could take up your time that are enjoyable. And absolutely, you know, it's it's different. Well, we have a lot of resources in that area. So there were a lot of people, you know, that. Uh, Cheers. I hope. Yes. There's a lot of resources in that central area. Um, you know, Michigan. Ohio. And you've got the uh, Ohio River there. And the, uh, you know, that meets with the Mississippi. So, yeah. you can only go back 200 years or so, 150 years until you, you know, until those things are important to uh, making a city bigger. And so Cincinnati has True. a lot of clout from, it was a gambling city, I found out, um, for a long time, you know, prior yeah, right, right down the riverway. Yeah, but actually, I think it was northern Kentucky. The people from Cincinnati would go to northern Kentucky to to gamble. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, um, there's a lot of history in Cincinnati. You know, did, you, did you know that the one of the largest uh, one of the largest uh, cannabis illegal cannabis operations in history was ran out of uh, by a bunch of backwoods people from really? from Kentucky. Oh, from Kentucky. Mm. Yeah, I'd believe that. I didn't no. know that. No. When called, was this? Called the blue, called the cornbread mafia. That's what they're called. When was this? This was like in the 80s or 90s. Oh. Yeah, I'd believe that. Kentucky is still a very... So they got the railways. Yeah, but they've got, um, there's still a lot of. Yeah, around Marion County. You heard, know where that's at? Marion County, Kentucky? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's no. where it's at. No, as you get into central Kentucky, um, from what I've seen, it gets a little. Um, it's rural. Very rural. Yes. Very rural. Um, yeah. And there are some rural in Florida, too. When you get outside of Orlando, when you go north, um, like my grandparents um, bought a house in Leesburg. And so that's where we would go a lot, you know, and that's north. And that's, um, you know, being a Floridian, I can say there's a lot of indigenous Floridians. <laughs> uh, you know, the further north you go. Um, uh, and yeah, there's some there's some backwaters. I mean, that's true here. And I mean, you, you, you go out anywhere outside the cities and it gets more. What about east? So what's between east here? of here? Yeah. What's between here and Joshua Tree? Well, Joshua Tree is like um, would be southeast of here. Southeast. OK. <laughs> yeah. So like few. So if we were to pull this up just to give you some frame of frame of reference. Mm. I mean, so that's like literally where we're at is is downtown, right? Then your your mountain range is is going to be over here. Mm -hmm. Joshua Tree is out is out this way. It's on the desert, right? Yeah, it's like a so it's kind desert. of almost directly east, but kind of south uh, southeast a little bit. So what's between there? What is Riverside? I mean, between there, this is the Inland Empire. So this is San Bernardino. Why do they call it the Inland Empire? Um, Just those are the big cities a, out there. That's a great question. I don't really know. So it's kind of grouped into some regions here. So you've got the San Diego area. Mm -hmm. um, then you have Orange County. And then you have the Inland Empire. 
which is made up of uh, mostly San Bernardino County and Riverside County, which are two of the biggest counties in the country, actually. Mm, okay. um, and then that's really it until you get to L.A. County. And then up here, you get up into Ventura County and that area. So. So this whole area here is just, uh, you know, it's along. This is right along the Angeles National Forest. It's just. Uh, have you been up there? Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been up here. I've hiked Mount, Mount Baldy. Okay. I've, I've done some hiking over here. Um, quite, a, well, not quite a bit, but by some people's standards, but a decent amount for sure. me. Sure. Yeah. So show me where the closest kayaking is. Kayaking? Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't bring my kayak out unless I drove. But you want to do like river kayaking. Yeah. LA River Expeditions. Yeah, fuck that <laughs> shit. You don't want to go on the LA River. Uh, you know, you would think there would be something over here in the Big Bear area for this. Yeah, see, I mean. It doesn't have to be technical either. It doesn't have to be. It can just be like on a lake. I mean, oh, well, then right there you go. There's Big Bear. Okay. So you click, click on it, click on it. Boulder Bay Kayak Rentals. They don't say what they're. Look on their website real quick. browser you're using what do you want to look at what are we looking at son is that what this is yeah that's, 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 that's the cost oh the rates well it yeah. say rates. i don't know you left. know they cost something on the left right there it says rates they cost something you know like uh See the kayaks. So you have mountain bikes and single kayaks, one person, two hours, thirty-five bones. Yeah, but you just rent the whole thing for yep. for, for eight hours for yep. ninety bucks. Yep, yep. Okay. My next move, I would love to have a place to be able to, you know, store store a kayak or sure. something. You know, just throw it in the back of the car. I'd like to get maybe one of those foldable ones. I've been hearing you know, things about the foldable ones. Yeah, put it in the back of the car, just take it up with me, unfold it, use yep. it, fold it back up, put it back in storage when I get back. Yep. I've heard that they're, uh, well, I've seen them being used more and more. With how much I weigh, I'm a little bit skeptical, you know, whether I would really feel safe. The same with the inflatables. I would, I, I definitely don't trust inflatables because they can deflate. Right, right, yeah, they can. I mean, even the ones, <laughs> like, a, a lot of them are, like, channeled, I guess they call them, or whatnot, and so they don't deflate as fast. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, it, doesn't I, I, me. It, it doesn't put a lot of confidence into it for me. I'm not doing inflatables. Yeah. I like my poly resin yeah. hull. I mean, and I would have to check out these these uh, these collapsible ones to before I just jumped in and bought one. But. Sure. Sure. But yeah, I'd like to I'd like to do something, you know, hiking's been pretty good, but you know, there's uh I'd like to get out on the water. Also, I'd like to have one that you could take out on the ocean potentially. Yeah, here. Cuz you've got you both. You could get combos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mine it would be very bad for out on the ocean. 
with this waves um R well river kayaks or white you know kayaks for rapids are very different than an ocean kayak all three actually so yeah. mine's mine's made for still water it's like a cadillac so it'll hold 450 like a pounds a what like a lake yeah yeah for a lake and for like transporting all of my camping gear uh, all the water i would need for a weekend i could put in there um damn son that's canoe. all of that stuff yeah yeah, ex <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but what I'm finding out, too, is that um, of all the sports and exercises, those of us bigger guys with a little bit more core strength are able to go for a long time. You know what I mean? Mm. In the kayak. So yeah. I don't get tired very often. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it takes a while for me. And some of the skinnier guys that we go with, you know, they struggle to keep up. Mm. So, you know, at least that's that's one thing that keeps me going too because it's just you know it's it's a very yeah. easy it's a very easy thing to do so um fuck it it's good man you're out outdoors you're in the sunshine like fresh air yep. like kept exercise off, kept off 20 pounds and kept it off you know nice i've look, ultimately lost yeah 40 since you've seen me i've yeah, lost 40 pounds yeah you look, you look good and it's by trying no sugar mostly water i mean that's the secret everybody always wants a, a fucking secret pill to a miracle answer to magically make them lose weight and be healthy and it's like you know look it takes effort it takes work like yep it takes discipline and i, I sh you know I, I struggle with it too i tried it i've tried pretty much my, most of my life to eat kind of healthy because i don't want to be sick you know I look at it like the better I take care of this meat bag, the better I'm going to, the better it will treat me over the long run. And Absolutely. Because it's starting to do things now as yeah. we get older. But everybody, everybody, you know, I've got a sweet tooth, man. If I, if I have a, a quart of ice cream in there, guess what? I'm going to eat the whole quart in one setting for sure. Yeah. And I know I have that weakness, so I just simply don't even buy it. If it's not there, I get the craving. I'll get up from the chair, you know, late at, not late at night, but like after I've had dinner, smoked a little bit. And I'm like, kind of got the little munchies and I want something a little sweet. I'll just get up and I'll go over there and I'll be like, and there's fucking nothing in here. There's literally nothing in here. The only thing sweet I have in this house is honey, peanut butter, and sometimes I have Greek yogurt. Sure. So sometimes I can make like a a, a little fruit parfait thing with, with that those things and, and granola, and, and that suffices. But otherwise, like if I don't have any one, just one of those ingredients, like I'm like, you know, come back over and I sit down and shut my mouth and drink a glass of water. Sure. I, I have found that a glass of water will definitely satisfy a lot of my cravings. A lot more than people think it will. Absolutely. Like just fill fill it up, kill a glass of water, and you know it's not going to like you. Yeah, you're going to be hungry. You're going to have that hunger craving again in 20 minutes, but you just made it another 20 minutes. Yep. And you didn't break down and eat something that's terrible for you because you were uh spont spontane spontaneously eating you know sure. just eating on the spot absolutely for, for a craving just yeah for for a simple craving and uh fiber powder and water that sounds terrible it does but it, it it's tasteless and it dissolves completely and um and that fills you up yeah oh that sounds that sounds so I I that, does, that to, doesn't sound good i have to take it um you know because 
get, the getting older problems that you just happen. Gotta, do you, do you, eat, you eat vegetables? Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, soluble and insoluble. Uh, and so this is soluble fiber. And um, yeah, I don't eat any bread. I don't eat anything like that. And so, no, I just hit some in the morning. You know, I take what I need to take in the morning. And uh, yeah. Keeps everything moving. Keeps everything moving. Uh, on time. That's on what schedule. you want to do. Keep it moving. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, no, had, I've had a great time out here. I'd like to go to the observatory. You know, I didn't know that that was where the, you know, where the Hollywood sign was and that it was just like a whole hiking thing. And I'm even, let's see, I'm even thinking I can come back. You know, it's, it's, a, it, it, there's things that I definitely want to see. I think, I mean, I know you can, you can drive really close to, to the observatory, and then it's like a short walk. Sure. They're open uh, Fridays and Saturdays until 10 p.m. I think you can kind of drive a, a decent way up to the up to the Hollywood sign as well. Well, I am and wearing get, shoes. Get so fa I, fairly close, at least, you know, walking shoes. I did bring them. And but uh, it's, like, it's a it's a hike to get from the observatory to the Hollywood sign. Sure. Like sure. It's eight or nine miles. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's not, it's not like, like it took me, like I ran it and it took me a couple hours. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah not, 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 not tonight. Not this trip. Yeah, no, you trip. can't, you can't walk that, but you could drive over to one, you know, to one of them. And I don't even need to, if we can plan for that. That's something for that we sure. can do and we can, yeah, get that next time. Next time you come out, I'll know somebody there. And we'll just okay. go in after hours and okay. I'll make it a point to, to learn to meet somebody there. The park <laughs> is 24 hours. Yeah, but the observatory the is observatory not. The observatory is not yeah. just until 10. Um, something else I'd like to do is I'd like to go see the um, aquarium up in uh, Monterey Bay. Mm. Very much so. I'd very much like to see it. Um, there's uh, like you can see it on Google Maps how, you know, the, the bay itself kind of just it stays deep for a long time yes. you know and so there's a lot of cool stuff going on there yeah i would love to go through that uh, that's a couple hours away and i'd probably have to stay a couple nights out there so the next you really just need to plan your trip a little a little, a little more thought behind it like sure. hit, hit us up and let us help you plan it it's sure. like to do that what i would say is like especially if you want to if, if you don't mind like seeing some nature shit it's just like go up the 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 PCH up to Monterey and ride the coast up to Monterey and kind of take a, like you said, take a couple days and see some scenery and see some do Malibu beautiful, and beautiful stuff. There. Yeah. Go straight up through, straight up through Malibu and then Santa Barbara and then, you know, up through, I can't remember. I think Big Sur might be before you hit Monterey and that's beautiful up there. Sure. And then of course, Monterey, yeah, hopefully when you come back in, Monterey will be having cannabis. Yeah. They're, try they're trying to decide now. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I'm very interested in seeing that, uh, you know, seeing that um, aquarium that they've got there and, and, you know, learning some of the stuff that they're doing. I watch it and it's a live stream. You know, I work from home. Mm. And so uh, that's one of the live streams I put up usually with my, my music, uh, but I'll put up a live stream of their aquariums. Um, you know, fish are cool. They're very quiet. I like that. They're a quiet, quiet animal, usually. Aquariums are very cerebral. They can be, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Especially if you, I, I've been getting into planted aquariums. And so if you get into aquascaping and whatnot, then you can make some, some really nice aesthetics for your house, you know, in an aquarium and still have the fish that are happy. You know, your fish will still be healthy and happy. Yeah. But, um, uh, it's a lot of work. If I was a, well, yeah, you'd have to be baller status and have somebody come take care of that. And, you know, that would be an awesome job. I would really like yeah. to do that. Take care of, you know, ballers, uh, aquariums. I would like to be one of the ballers. <laughs> that's, that's terrifying for me. Yeah. That's terrifying for me. What's that? Just being that, you know, being that, uh, yeah, but no one needs to know you. That's you, don't, true. you don't have that's to be true. a public figure to be a baller. And that's, and you know, never having come out to the West coast before that makes, I mean, it, there are people like last night, this girl thought I was somebody. She thought I was somebody famous. And twice I saw her on York Avenue. I was eating ramen at the little ramen place. And she was like, she saw me and she's like, whoa, I was wearing something very similar to what I'm wearing now. And uh, she's like, whoa. And uh, I just looked up at her and like, whatever. And she went on her day and then went down the way. And then I saw her on the other side. And she's like, is that, is that him? I'm just like, who did she think you were? I don't know. I was smoking a cigarette. You should have asked her. I, I, she went away. I was like, uh, you know, who do you think I am? But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she just, she went away. So I don't know. It's been strange. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is an interesting place. Yeah. You it's, never know. That's, that's for sure. And yeah. I, I mean, you haven't even, you know, really explored like the, the West side and seen, you know, it's, it's a different scene over there in Culver city and where the agencies are like, yeah. that's a whole nother world as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, I haven't even been, we didn't even go down. I think we went down Hollywood Boulevard a little bit, but I don't think we went, we went down, down sunset. We went down sunset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. You got to go down through sunset, uh, all down sunset and see, yeah. uh, see all that stuff. Where is the, where is the, um, um, walk of fame? What's the walk of fame? The, the stars. Oh, that's on Hollywood Boulevard, which is just over. It's like right over there by Sunset. Okay. Right over there by Griffith. Yeah. All in that area. Oh, all in all that over area. by Hollywood. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was trying to think if there's anything like Venus is out and Jupiter is out. So those might be pretty cool to see. But, um, you know, if the observatory is pointed at either of those, I'm sure they are. Um, I'm sure they're pointed at. And both of those Jupiter will be so. Could to. you, well, how, if the observatory only stays open till ten, and it doesn't really get dark until like eight thirty or nine? It's not the best view. Um, maybe they do have something after hours. I mean, it just seems like you'd need it to be dark outside, right? It would make the most sense. Well, I don't know. You could probably do some twilight. Yeah. I mean, hell, you could take binoculars and get a, a decent view of Jupiter. Yeah. You know, Venus, too. You know, it's pretty close. Well, it's close to Jupiter. Yeah. A lot smaller, but, you know, they were both shining very brightly, reflecting the sun. You know, I can't remember what that's called. Um, but, uh, yeah, they were really bright last night. Um, and it would be cool to look at it with the telescope. Yes, it would. I would, I would, I would enjoy this as well. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I've, I've been drawn to like space and shit like that since I was a kid, sure. you know, when I was little, I wanted to go to space camp and do the whole, do the whole thing. And that didn't happen, but, yeah. <laughs> but you know, as I've, as I've gotten older, you know, I've still, you know, that's, that has kind of grown in, you know, as part of what I think fuels my curiosity about you know, history and, and physics and all these theoretical things that are fun to think about and talk about and simulation theory and time travel and all that. And, Absolutely. you know, it's kind of, that was one of the origins, you know, was, was, uh, my fascination with space as sure. a kid, you sure. know, in and, the, well, I was say in the sixties, we didn't really know and you know date check me whatever somewhere around then we didn't really know that there was anything beyond our galaxy, galaxy. Yeah. yeah our our milky way and like the things that were out there the stars that were obviously beyond them i don't think we realized that we those were just disparate stars out there like huge quasars at the edge of the universe or whatever. Um, we're talking in the 1960s, yeah. you know, and then uh, Hubble's work on it, I think really blew it up. And uh, it, it's really big out there. And there are questions that people have that we all have. Um, uh, some answer them in certain ways um, here on earth. But, you know, I think a lot of those answers are going to be when we look out there. And when I look out there, I mean, it's it's looking out into infinity, you know, but it's not infinity. You know, that's it. That's the crazy part. Or we don't even know well, if it we is don't or not. know. It's impossible for us from our perspective to know. Both models work. Absolutely. You know, both models what like the mean? model of an infinite universe and the model of a finite universe. Well, that depends if it is a, if it is an infinite universe, there are a lot of questions. Correct. And a lot of things change. Yes. If it's a, a finite universe, then it kind of comes into the, you know, the expansion theory and what's, what's going to happen. Are we going to snap back? Are we going to eventually retract? Are we going to snap like a rubber band? Or just or the just heat keep death. expanding or yeah. heat death will happen. Entropy yeah. would cause heat death. Yeah. If it, if it just keeps right. expanding. That's what I think is is possibly most likely would be the eventual heat death. Yeah. And I don't know if there's even a way for humanity to survive that. Like it's if it seems like, you know, unless we figure out a way to hop through dimensions, mm -hmm. uh, humanity is is doomed, whether it's in, you know, millions of years or billions of years sure. from now. Sure. You know, we need to master matter. Once we've mastered matter, then, then yeah, then uh, um, it's going to open up all of that. Now, I don't think we're ever going to completely master anything, but as, as we have a ways to go, you know, um, it's very important to realize that this is never going to end. Our, our, our learning new things is going to take forever, <laughs> literally, to, to, you know, continue. I think it would be very boring if we learned everything and that was absolutely we done. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it would be impossible. Again, entropy makes it so that it is impossible to learn everything in the universe. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but uh, and, and, and the expansion, you know, the expansion uh, of the universe doesn't help at all because there's plenty that we used to be able to see that we can no longer see. Um, 
not as much, but there is a definite, you know, wall that we can't see. There are definitely things that are um, growingly over time will be difficult for us to continue to observe. Yeah, because the expansion, it's so far away and the expansion of space between us and that object is so great that it's faster than it's faster than the speed of light. Yeah. So the light is never going to reach us and we can't see it. Um, I can't remember what it's called. But as you say, um, you know, thinking about a civilization, you know, we have, let's give it, let's give it, uh, you know, a very liberal um, estimate and say 200, well, 100,000 years, maybe 50,000 years of like, some semblance of what we would call civilization to get to where we are now in spacefaring. Well, we're almost to spacefaring. Um, uh, we're definitely not the Kardashev one fully. Once we, once we, once we can harness all of the, you know, all the power that the sun puts out to us, mm -hmm. um, everything on the planet and all the geothermal and everything on the planet, uh, then we'll be Kardashev one. But, um, you know, once we get yeah, explain that oh, uh, Kardashev scale, yeah, so there's that. so there's uh, one, two and three. I think some people argue that there's a four, but I'm not very um, familiar with it. Um, Kardashev one civilization um, harnesses all the power on its planet. So all the solar that's coming at it because there's a, a cone of light that's going to hit it. Right. Know, and there's a lot of like it's not. So you don't count that just what's coming towards it. Um, the heat that that creates, you know, everything all about that all the geothermal of a planet, everything a planet has to offer being in orbit. Mm -hmm. um, once you've harnessed all of that power to a lot, and there's a number to that for us, you know, for, for Earth, um, you would be considered Kardashev level one mm -hmm. um, civilization. Uh, we're like at a, somebody, I think they said, like, I think even uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said uh, this, um, but we're like at a point seven or something like that. We're not. I'm shocked we're that high. Yeah, actually, I, mean, it, it, we, it, I don't think we harness anywhere near the, the solar that we we could. We possess the technology if we wanted to do it. We could right. do it. That's that's more what the level. So he's saying we're a point seven on the technology level, not on the implementation level. Correct. Correct. And Kardashev isn't necessarily full implementation. So as it goes up, so the next level is you've harnessed all of the power in your solar system. So that's Kardashev level two. So when you, um, if you've ever heard of uh, Dyson spheres or Dyson mm -hmm. swarms, yeah. that is essentially, well, however you do it, whether it's solar, whether it's just raw heat, whatever, you know, um, uh, that is essentially, you, you would, in order to build something like that, you would, you would really, contrary to video games, um, uh, you would really- Explain, explain to what a Dyson sphere is to, at its very basic Somebody. form, uh, a Dyson sphere, or more appropriately, um, a uh, Dyson swarm, uh, is, is by Freeman Dyson, um, proposed by him, and it's a uh, essentially a shell around a star. Mm. Um, you can think of it as very basic form as solar panels that are really close to the star harnessing that power. Um, we don't really have a great means of transmitting power, but along the way in doing, putting together a Dyson sphere, we would figure out 
power transmission and we would beam that back to wherever we lived. So, so a Dyson sphere is, is conceivably uh, a sphere that we would construct around a star to right. absorb the energy and then transfer, harness that energy harness for use. That, or whether we even lived on the outside of that sphere, you know, or yeah. in some levels, Seems layers. close to me, but okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, at that point we would have, we would have, you know, super science in the form of materials you know, and things of that nature, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, materials research would be in the super science realm. Um, and so, yeah, we would have to use heavy magnetic, you know, so this is stuff. part of level two, it's part of level two. So I'm sure there's other ways you can do it, but that's what it looks like for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we would have, and, and most, most likely we wouldn't harness 100% of it. We would do a swarm, right? You would have to dismantle the entire, solar system we would have to dismantle all the planets all we probably need more than that just to build you know the all of the um um the asteroid fields outside of cleaning up the universe yeah yeah the whole solar system everything our, our orc cloud everything um we'd have to uh dismantle all of that just to make a dyson sphere so so we would essentially destroy the universe in order to create the Dyson sphere. Just our corner of our street. Just sure. our just just sure. our address. Just 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 the solar system that we have. Just our yeah. star. All the planets in here. So it, it it's not conceivable to do yeah. one hundred percent. So what we would do is a Dyson swarm, which is just a orbiting swarm of gotcha. things that do that. And uh, there's some really cool uh, speculation on that where people you know where we would live each one would be or could have a like a, a habitable city on it you know and then you could very easily travel between them and and all sorts of cool stuff like that mm. so but that's so what's level three so level three is when you've harnessed all of the power in the galaxy oh shit. in the milky way so like we have like sagittarius at the center of ours, like Sagittarius A and B, whatever. Um, I think A is something else, but I think it's B, or maybe it is A, but it's a black hole at the mm. center. And we, we're, we're pretty sure that all galaxies have, or most galaxies have, you know, part of the formation of a galaxy is that there's a black hole in the middle yes. or other way around, you know, black holes tend to form in the middle of galaxies. I even understand that there may be more black holes than we're near, even possibly aware of because we, th there are some that are so hard to detect that we think they might be, there might be thousand, you know, multiples more than we think there are currently. Sure. Sure. I think I'm going to butcher it the quote but einstein said um if god tuned the universe for one thing it was for creating black holes mm -hmm. there are yeah there are black holes theoretically speaking everywhere um but when you would harness not only would you harness like dyson spheres around or dyson swarms around each star each of the x billion stars in a galaxy um, you would also have to harness the power of that black hole. So what some of the people have said is to uh, try to slow it down with various means. And as you slow it down, it creates Hawking radiation. Mm. And you would do that. This is, um, there's a guy named Isaac Arthur. And I'm, I highly recommend his, uh, his uh, 
video podcast to sorry to, to yeah, yeah but it's it's so it. he's he works for nasa um he's worked in the aerospace industry for a long time he was in the army um and uh he's taught me a lot you know um what's his name isaac uh, isaac arthur yeah i'm gonna save it and um you know he goes into all of these things say looks like he's talks about aliens a lot he too. talks about aliens a lot yeah. uh, speculation about aliens about how aliens would work in mm. good aliens are out there but you know the the chances of alien of life being even intelligent life existing outside of earth Hmm. if you just think of everything is is i mean it has to be it has to be more you know many times over well they're finding more uh, many more than we current used to than we knew about previously of these inhabitable planets sure. just in the definition that we understand life and so yep. you know and i realized that until we actually land probes on those planets and can take samples and give feedback we are not going to be able to confirm nor deny that but the conditions seem to be there so the likelihood that there is some life there sure. is 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 it's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, whether that life is a civilization, that's a completely different or difference. still a civilization. Or still a civilization. That's the other factor. Like, unless, unless civilization and humanity or another species learns how to... And, and I think we were talking about this a little bit the other day about time travel and the speed of light. You know, how fast can you, theor- you know, really travel from one location in the universe to another location in the universe? You know, it really sounds like it, that a, a species would have to or a civilization would have to master wormholes in order to meet another civilization across the universe sure. without one or the other dying out before the other one got there. Yep. Absolutely. Um, however, it ends up happening. Um, I'm a little disheartened that it's going to be probably outside of our lifetime that we um, that humans uh, get to go to a close um, fraction of the speed of light. You know, pretty fast. It's going to be a while or because there's an Alcubierre drive and he's got it, but it relies on exotic matter. And what what does so explain that he has he's designed a drive that works on hypothetical apparently, fuel. Apparently all, well, yeah, apparently all the other math works out as long as they can get a piece of matter that behaves thusly and um alcubierre yeah if you look uh, i can't remember his first name he's actually been on isaac arthur he's interviewed him a couple times i mean how fast can we go now what's the fastest we can travel you can continue to accelerate at one g per second or however fast forever once we're in the vacuum so here's the problem on board we could get to alpha centauri you know, we could get to, we could get to, um, uh, maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but no, let's do Alpha Centauri. Oh. We could get to Alpha Centauri, no problem within the person on the, on the ship's lifetime because of time dilation. I believe 
we could get there no problem. Part of the problem in time is you have to stop halfway or you have to turn around halfway and start decelerating. Mm. You can't keep decel you can't keep accelerating and stop. You know, I mean that's there's no nothing but inertia in space. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have to fight your inertia. So there's all sorts of problems that laymen don't really think about when we think about travel and space. And uh, what was that show? Um, yeah. So once you got halfway to the halfway point, you'd have to start doing a slow burn in the opposite direction to yeah. slow your speed. You have to accelerate the same amount you accelerated to get that speed. You'd have to accelerate yeah. backwards that much. You yeah. could slingshot your. It's like 50 years, they said, to get to Alpha Centauri for the people on board. That's with our conventional thought of how to travel through space. Correct. That's with what we have right now. That's right. what you're saying. That's what we have right now. Yeah. We can continue to accelerate. We can build something and continue to accelerate for a very long time. So, I mean, this, what it, what it was, New Horizons, was that a satellite? Is that a probe that we sent out? New Horizons, I don't remember exactly what it was. It says, it says here, uh, well, I was just looking at this. So it looks like New, New Horizons was... Uh, Where did it go? It didn't go. That's not was, the one that went to Titan, was it? I, I was I was just looking, trying to look up, and and I've I've I can't find here now that I've mentioned this stupid name. It looks like it's a, a probe that was sent out, but uh, seventy eight thousand years to get to Alpha Centauri, it would take that probe. Oh, because of how fast it's accelerating, or right. how not fast it's right. accelerating? Yeah. How many? Wait, what was the number again? It would take. It says how long would it take to get to the speed of light? Uh, uh, to get to Alpha Centauri, it would take about thirty-seven thousand human years. Thirty-seven thousand. Yeah, but it, but um, I wonder if that's taking into account people on board or people watching it from outside. Hmm. Because if we had a ship that did that, that slowly sped up to the speed of light, we would just see it in the sky, just chilling there. So it's so for years and years and years. So it so it says here that. Um, uh, the faster you go, the slower time passes. So a very fast spaceship is a time machine to the future. Absolutely. Five years on a ship traveling at 99% the speed of light, 2.5 years out and 25 year point years back corresponds to roughly 36 years on Earth. So, yeah. So you get there in 36 years or what is that? A light year, you said? A light year in 36 years? Uh, a light, just 99% yeah. of a light year, yeah. I think, I think uh, Alpha Centauri is two light years. Um, and according to physics, like, can we even travel the speed of light? No. Like, and literally, we can't travel faster than we can, like, actually exist. No, and the problem is it, the, with the way that we understand physics it would take all of the matter in the universe doing it our way to keep us at the speed of light probably to get us to the speed of light and keep us at the speed of light like star trek style it would take the universe's energy and we just don't have that you know like infinite amounts of energy to do it the way we currently know how to do it we have to learn how to use we need to find new materials we need to learn how to do bend space and time to bend space and time so or puncture holes in it some of the things we're going to sort of well kind of absolutely. i don't know if that sounds dangerous though mm -hmm. i mean we just yeah. need more moscovium moscovium yes what's moscovium? Yeah, moscovium is element 115 oh okay the mysterious uh fuel source that uh supposedly has powered uh 
supposed um, UFO, UFOs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, that's another thing. You know, we just need to, what is that fuel source? What is that power source? I don't know. Well, what's the power source and what, yeah, and what, how, how do we utilize it? You know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we, we can get some extremely dense and dense thing. One of the ideas to go really fast is to, uh, you know, put, drop nuclear bombs out behind. That sounds terrible. I don't want to destroy everything. You're not going <laughs> to destroy it fast. in space. Not in space. You won't destroy everything in space. You won't destroy things in space, but it just still seems like... You have to keep the fallout. So you have to kind of point yourself away from Earth yeah, so I mean, that the fallout that, doesn't come at you. I mean, there are like solar winds and things like to... There are. They'd have to take that know, into account. Could, could maybe... I don't want it to drift back to the Earth and... That would not be good for it to uh, not rain really, back on. I'm not Earth. really ever in in favor of exploding nuclear bombs. No, especially not I coming. Like we could find a better way. We could we could find a better way. Um, and there's people that are researching that now. Yeah. And that's why there are like these theoretical elements that we create in a lab all the time. It's very possible that some of those have been created in some areas of the universe just for because sure. of some crazy. There could be places where physics are different. There, there could be a place where Moscovium is as plentiful as letter iron. Absolutely. Is here. Absolutely. You know? And the life uses it in its, you know, Allows biological to, processes. Yeah. Like we use, you know, trace amounts of copper and gold and right. things like that. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, and, and when we talk about life, that's what we definitely need to keep our heads on is that you know it could be um a plant made of silicon yeah it might not be carbon based right right and and what is life you know we have we have we have a definition of what life is here you know on earth based upon what we've seen but um now the idea is well with uh what do they call it um um, like stellar biology or um, uh, there's a better name for it but uh, astrobiology maybe I don't see people getting excited about life on another planet unless it was I think the general populace it would need to be a civilization of, of conscious uh, entities of some kind well, conscious to make, maybe to, to make a to make a to make an impact here to the average person, even though like scientifically, even finding just someplace that didn't it? have any advanced species, but was inhabitable sure. would be, you know, and attainable would be close enough. Huge, we get to it. Yeah. It would be hugely changing for the course of humanity. Sure. I don't think the average person would give a big shit because they're never going to see it. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who won't care. I don't know if the average person would. That's a that's the that's average like, person like is a they, dangerous question. That's like if that's true. That's like if they find, you know, life under uh, what is it on Titan mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. under the ice sheets, which is that's which is completely. And, and I, the more I read about it, the more likely I think it is. And your boy actually. wants us to do that big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson really wants us to go to Titan. And I'm right there behind him. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think like if we find some microbes that are living in, in the oceans under Titan, I don't think that's going to excite anybody except the scientific community. It could be revolutionarily changing for humanity, but I just don't think the average person is going to get excited. That's why we've privatized the space. Maybe. No one cares anymore. Well. They're caring now, though. I think people are going to care. They're caring now. I think they're going to care. I think people are going to care. Fucking Tony Stark has made him care again. <laughs> and I try not to think of people being that, you know. I mean, Jeff Bezos is just is just copycatting him at this point. But I mean, it's reality versus comic book. I it, mean, it one is, is real, I one that isn't. Being jest, you sure, know. absolutely, absolutely. But um, no, um, I think it's going to be pretty big news um, if we find my uh, microbial life. Uh, it's warm water. And it's hard to get warm water. I mean, like, so uh, what I was watching, uh, the numbers I saw, it was like a very small percentage of our mass is water. It's not exactly water on Titan, though. It is water. Under the ice, it's the, the majority, dude, 30% of Titan's mass is water. But doesn't it have huge. something, doesn't it have something uh, that's like toxic to to humans like that is a is a component of its oceans yeah it's, i'm it's, sure it's like um, so, it's not just like pure water it's got something some other chemicals or elements it is not it. h2o yes that's what i mean it's, it's made, water in the sense that, yeah it's, 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 it's liquid but it's yeah. not water it's not h2o water look up what it is i i want to say that it has um of methane it's it's liquid methane, methane. that's what they are yeah, that's that's no good. So it would be a if it were a lot. That's why I say, you know, I think scientific community would be excited, but I can't imagine like, you know. Now, I take that back. If we go into the oceans of methane on Titan and we find some like shark like creature that's living in the, that will that'll get on people. It's all about size. Well, it but sucks, but it's about size to some extent. Well, and absolutely. And to think that like, if the shark is there, a shark like creature or is there or something, well, a, yeah. a larger creature, there has to be an entire food chain. ecosystem of something. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I'm excited about the kind of all, all the aquatic life that lives there. Yeah. If there's some crazy like predator, how would we explore a methane ocean? With could a we submarine? Dive, could we dive in a submarine in that? An auto autonomous submarine. I'm not getting in it. I don't think you can get anybody that. Well, you can get somebody to get in it, but not anybody <laughs> of quality. You're not coming back, son. Yeah, you're not coming back. Um, no, yeah, that's that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson wants to do. Yeah. He wants to put a... I sort of don't understand why we ha haven't. Like, it's a lot like, of money. Like, it is a lot of money, and, but and like... NASA works on a shoestring budget. They I always do not have. understand that. They always of all have. the shit that we have money for, I don't understand why, especially when you consider the impacts that NASA has had on like everyday things. Your car, your clothes. Like, like it's been insane. And, and you're right. They've fought for their budget. And that's why, you know, now they don't eat, they're not even really the leaders and yeah. Yeah. In it anymore. Now they did get a little bit more. There was a little bit more signed for them. And um, now that China, and this is just, I'm, you know, just my opinions, but like now that China is saying, 
that they're like picking a space to put their moon base. There's a little bit more fire under the asses of, um, you know, the government in general to get yeah. NASA to have a solution. You yeah, know? but is NASA coming up with that solution or is it really SpaceX coming up with the solution and NASA is kind of like partnered with them? No, from what I know, and I don't know very much about SpaceX at all. Um, are, you ta are you talking about? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, they got the best rocket technology by far. It's not even close. Well, it needs to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, he, he came in at a very good time because if, if, if SpaceX didn't come in, then we would have been beholden to Russia, which, I mean, the, really the only bad part about being beholden to Russia is... That's because we stopped funding it. Well, it would just be super expensive. Yeah, yeah. It, it was doomed. We needed to go to the next level. Shuttles weren't going to make it. Shuttles weren't going to make it. You no, know, we needed to. We needed to have rockets, and we didn't. I say we, um, NASA. You know, us, the United States, NASA, um, really needed something next to go into, and I think, you know, their big focus was rovers. And they didn't want to mess with rocket technology anymore. There were so many other sects of, you know, like Department of Defense, Department of Energy, all these people who were, you know, doing rocket type stuff that it's just it was just too expensive to have. It just doesn't seem like then it was even necessary. Like, why couldn't they adopt that technology that was being developed in these other sectors? Like, why do they even have to have it in their budget to develop it if the rocket technology is being developed in other sectors? Well, because you definitely have to adapt weapons sure, technology sure. to there. So it's it's not a it's isn't not a that, Passover. Isn't that basically what we did when we you know brought over Warner Van Braun? Yeah, that was important though. <laughs> I mean, that that was, was at an important time. There were a lot of factors yeah, for that. For sure. That was But that was what we did. We adopted uh rocket technology, sure, you know, sure. war, war rocket technology to go to space. Well, um speaking of which, man, I I've, I've watched some recent like documentaries on when they went to space in like the 60s and shit. I don't think we give those guys fucking enough credit, man. Every like, last one of them was, was a PhD, in, I believe, or a master's degree. I'm not even talking about their intelligence. The 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 set of of balls that these guys had, like what they did, it's a miracle any of them survived. Like with the technology we had at the time, it is a miracle. Yep. Yep. And they would just shot them up in t fucking tin cans, basically. And all the and, and like now that they've released some of the files, when you look and see some of the issues that they had in real time that people didn't know about at the time, the public wasn't made aware of. Jesus, there were so many near disasters and people. I mean, that's why Russia supposedly had a lot of people die that they just never said sure. anything about up there. We had our own. My dad was a photographer at um, in Central Florida. He might have been at. Um, in uh, Fort Lauderdale at the time, I can't remember, but uh, he would go out and and uh, cover the launches, you know, for the television station. And um, yeah, I think it was a Mercury mission that blew up. Mm -hmm. So can, I mean, it burned on the on the launch pad. I can't remember if he uh, if he watched it happen or if it was too young it might have been when he was younger before he took that job when he was a kid but i know that that did happen 
um, that was a big, it was a fire on the launch pad that killed the, the guys inside. Hell, I watched. 1967. Oh, 1967. They, yeah, they died on the launch pad in a launch pad fire. Was it, was it Mercury mission? Um, it was um, a launch pad fire during the Apollo program at Cape Canaveral, Florida, killed um, the astronauts. It was uh, caused by a faulty electrical wire inside the Apollo 1 command module. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there, there have been casualties. I stood out on the field um, in kindergarten, 1986, and watched the Challenger blow up. I remember watching that in real time. I watched it in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we would always go was, out. I thought it was fake when it blew up. It I looked it was weird. like a production. Yeah, it looked kind of weird, and um, I wasn't old enough to process it. But we went out and like looked up and saw. We'd always go out and watch the launches. Yeah, you were down there. Yeah, this was in Orlando, and uh, yeah, it was so weird. And then not much happened for a little while. It, it was a teacher. The first teacher in space or whatever like that's right the yeah, first like non-astronaut yeah like the exchange program um i don't think nasa ever recovered no from that they really didn't really no really. that was such a public was event such a public like yep yep it, it was so damaging and and like you know it's like with anything like people want to the glory and they don't want to see all the 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 yucky shit that goes into gaining that glory sure like there's danger there's risk there's death there's i think we're struggle. getting good at it i i definitely agree i think we're getting good at it and and, and we will get to the point where we can stomach them and have acceptable losses. Um, it's not to be heartless. No, not, absolutely not, not. not at all. No, no, no. Well, no. And but I mean, accepting, acknowledging, and then accepting the risk. Sure, just know? like driving cars, we've accepted them. Right. We've accepted driving cars, and the well, you have know, we? The autonomous car is is uh, unfortunately it probably is the future. Yeah, 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 for sure. But we have at this point yeah. accepted cars because you know they need to be. You know, they, they, there's so much benefit to everybody. Yes. The, the benefit the losses are acceptable. the risk. Yeah, the, the, the losses are acceptable. Um, we still force them to be as safe as possible, mm -hmm. you know. So do you think we're going we're gonna to get to, what, what is the likelihood of, of getting to Mars? Do you think this is a worthy, a worthy aspiration? So I keep getting. Like that's the closest one that seems feasible, right? Well, there's very interesting things that could happen in all three. So when I say all three, um, so we've kind of done our experiment in low Earth orbit and just like Earth's main orbit. So we have the moon, we have Mars and we have Venus. Um, Venus is difficult. Venus is closer to the sun, right? It, it, uh, it's closer to the Mars sun than the, Mars. Yes, yeah. yes. Like Venus is too hot for us, right? Venus is very hot, but and it's very it, uh, is, uh, very uh, hazardous as well. I don't know if it's methane, but it could very well be methane. Mm. Um, there was actually something uh, uh, Russia did send a probe and, and received pictures back from landing on Venus. Uh, it does, you know, it. it, it, it it's nasty, but what they've proposed primary it's it's like a, a super hot no it's carbon dioxide oh, carbon dioxide it's yeah. a greenhouse gas or it's yeah. a greenhouse it, it's, um, it's basically planet. yeah it's basically what would have what would what, yeah what would happen with runaway greenhouse yeah yeah so apparently what we could do is build floating 
habitats. At that level, that there's actual oxygen content and you could actually live like Bespin, kind of. Like Bespin? From Star Wars, like on the- Oh, the Cloud City. Yeah, Cloud City. But why would you want to do that on Venus? For 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 uh, research, um, oh. you know, for, for, for that research. sort of thing until a resource has been found there. And then the, uh, the poor souls who get, you know, chosen or or choose themselves Decide to go and to go get harvest it. it yeah. Yep. So, so that's, that, that's a little, I mean, it, it could work. It could totally work, but that's far away. You know, we can yeah. do it. We could float blimps that's, up that's there. It. They that talked about tough, it. Though. But it's going to be tough. Um, Mars is what Mars is. Um, everybody's wanting to go there. There's really not a whole <laughs> hell of a lot to do there. Not everybody's wanting to go there. Not everybody's wanting to go there, but lots of people are wanting to go there. Um, when I say everybody, everybody in the industry or everybody in the, uh, you know, in a position to, to, uh, to speculate on that kind of stuff. Well, it's not as hot. So it's, they think that there's like a possibility that it could be habitable if well, they could regenerate an atmosphere, right? Absolutely. There's plenty of CO2. Um, I thought there was uh, water locked inside of it. You know, they would just need to. Uh, well, that's one thing I've, I've noticed that that's why one of the reasons I think they're so interested in exploring it, because they do hypothesize that there are pockets of water mm -hmm. that's underneath they've the surface. They've found water. They've, they've found running channels of water, I believe, um, uh, channels that were created like well, they're for different pictures. They're my understanding is that these are channels that were formed from previous or pre what they've said are prehistoric for rivers sure. from ancient for sure. times for sure. when it had an atmosphere. Absolutely. So it did have water, but I've heard that they, they, they are theorizing that they think that there is water actually below the surface. Sure, liquid water. Maybe yeah. not a ton, but you know, it does have nitrogen, carbon dioxide uh, the other one i don't know much about here is is argon that's on that's so argon on is very inert we have uh, two percent argon in our air argon's a very inert gas but just to be just to, to to verify it does have uh trace elements of water vapor oxygen carbon monoxide hydrogen and noble gases in the atmosphere so the atmosphere, it's, it's yeah. all there it's sure. just not uh an atmosphere to hold it together correct well, it's too much atmosphere. Mm. It's too much atmosphere, too much ozone, or what? It's, I don't think it's ozone, but the outside layer. There's too much of that. Um, it's too dense. So we would need to come and like release a bunch of CFCs into the air mm. and cut down on it, and then um, less of the light would would stay inside. It is colder, but it also gets hot. I mean, it's it's hot. Yeah. It's in the 200 degrees yes. during the day and then at night it's in the negative whatevers. So it's pretty it's it's that's why you need more of an atmosphere created, right? To to regulate that there, temperature swing. There's too much atmosphere, not enough light gets through. So more not enough heat light or light mm, heat. However you want to say it. Yeah. But it gets burning and blazing hot during the day during in the, the sunlight. Day. During the day, yeah, because um uh, well, there's other reasons for that too. So that goes That's into why we would go I, there. I always understood that was that was the issue was that the great temperature fluctuations were because of a lack of atmosphere that would on on Mars, and that's why it would not retain the heat when it was at night in the dark side, and that's why it would get so incredibly hot in the in the daytime on the sun side is because there's not an atmosphere to either hold in the heat or repel some of the radi uh, cosmic radiation from the sun. It could 
be the composition definitely um, could 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 do something of the of that. Um, but I know that one of the big issues is that um, maybe I maybe I misspoke when I said it was dense. Um, and I could be completely wrong. I'm for sure not a scientist. But, you know, well, neither, neither am I either. We're just speculating here. Um, absolutely. This is conjecture. This is the start. You know, at the very beginning. Um, but no, uh, regardless of of the of the you know the science of the planet itself really the only reason we would go there to study or, or it's not as viable for what we want to do in the long run mm. um it would be interesting it would give us something to spend money on and we would learn a whole lot um, we could colonize that but um we're really not it would be very expensive for us to do that now um the moon base is very compelling. Hmm, why is that? The moon base, so like the vast majority of the energy that we put into rockets and space shuttles and all that stuff, majority of the energy that they have is simply used for defeating gravity and our atmosphere to get off the planet. Right. So if we have a source of oxygen then we can make our fuel in space um you know we can take things up there fill them up with fuel and then go rather than burn 60 percent of our fuel but we don't have a source of oxygen on the moon we do there's, there's uh, frozen water on the moon there's enough to like oh yeah enough for that enough for making enough for sur for several moon bases and um, for how long for how, long and enough, how many people for long enough to get us to get um and for enough people plenty plenty there's plenty there's, so, there's plenty of that so yeah we could set up enough to support thousands of people for a sure. hundred years oh longer than that okay. longer than that and producing and producing fuel you know, I mean, ample, ample amount. Is it going to, could you melt it and have the same, you know, water coverage as we have on Earth? No, probably not. But I don't know. Maybe it's it's vastly smaller. So who knows? Right. Um, but it will enable what we need. It will enable uh, in the regolith. There's, you know, there's iron. There's all sorts of stuff. We can do manufacturing up there. Um, Aren't you a little worried about like fucking with the moon though, since it's like so tied to our to the Earth's tides and you know uh, things like that? Like if we fuck the moon up and mess up its rotate uh, orbit in any way, it will have effects here on Earth. Yeah, and that would be incredibly difficult to do. I'm um, sure we're really good at be. fucking up shit. <laughs> well, I can, I can, I can assure you this. If you're worried about it, somebody involved is worried about it. I surely hope so. I think that a lot, but you know, then I see things that are done that are way above my pay grade. And I'm like, you know, clearly somebody wasn't thinking what I was thinking. I think if we could influence the moon that easily, 
I'm not saying it would be easy, but I'm just saying we're building bases up there. We're extracting water. We're creating fuel. Somebody blows something up and it takes a, you know, throws the orbit, throws the orbit off or blows a chunk of the moon or cracks it in half or some shit. Like, that would be incredibly difficult. I, I think there's an underlying the, level of it's awful powdery up there. It looks soft. That's the regolith on top. You know, that's the, or maybe there's a, there's there's another term for the really powdery stuff. But no, the stuff on top is regolith. Um the moon has gravity, you know, the moon has, doesn't have much of an atmosphere, but it has substantial gravity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it holds itself in. Uh, sure, you could bounce yourself off or whatever, you know, it's could not. You? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if you could actually bounce yourself off or if you would eventually come back. I don't know. But I don't want to find out. But no, I'm, I'm definitely I could never I can never leave Earth at all. I'm I get motion sickness and no, there's no way. We'll just put you to sleep. Now wake you up when you get there. That's another thing, like they do on uh, what's that show? Um, yeah, it's a sci-fi show. Put people to sleep. And put them to sleep and try, then they wake yeah, up. Wake up decades later. They yep. haven't aged. Absolutely. Cry Absolutely. Cryogenically. Uh, yeah. Now, now, do you think that the uh, the aliens that have the base on the dark side of the moon would really be happy about us colonizing the moon? Maybe that's why we haven't been back. You know, that's a that's a theory that 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 there was some shit up there. And that's one reason why we haven't been back. Well, I believe Hayabusa. Of course, it's a conspiracy theory, but it's a theory nonetheless. Um, I do not like the use of that word. The conspiracy? No, the other part, the other uh, one. The theory. The theory part. Words, words have multiple meanings, definitely. It's not really a theory. It's not yeah, really it's a theory. Not really. You're right. It's You're 100% right. It's more conjecture. I like to use the term conjecture it's, it's, when we're just good, bullshitting back and speculation. forth. speculation. Well, if anybody of any note were to listen to what we were saying, they were saying, both of those guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Of course about. not. You know, they really, are. I readily admit that. It's exciting to talk about this. I enjoy talking this. about it, though. <laughs> I enjoy thinking that I understand it, yeah. as, you know, to a certain level. And I do put work into trying to understand For it, sure. you know. But, yes, no, uh, the, the experts would laugh at us. Um, yeah, I'm not Sean Carroll or you're not Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know. Both, you know, super awesome people. Yeah. I watched them you know a Sean lot. Carroll? Not personally. Oh, but you know who he is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah bro, he's brilliant. He's a good, uh, he's a good uh, science uh, like educator. Yeah, I like listening to him, especially when he, he gets into the simulation theory, which we can get into later if, sure, you, if sure. you like. But Now, he... He explains it very, very he well. He does, but... Although it still makes your mind kind of... Yeah, and, and you, have to, you have to temper these things because all of this is theoretical. You know, this is all potential for sure. And it could be very likely, incredibly likely that something happens and that thing never actually happens. Absolutely. So, you know, that's that's kind of the way our universe and the physics in this universe kind of work, uh, like determinism and stuff like like on a on a uh, um, on a like a hard deterministic level, you know, um, physics level. Uh, some of those rules do prevent certain things like we were talking about. Um, maybe it wasn't with you, maybe it was with George, but like not every, he, he said anything's possible. And I reminded him that not, every, not everything is possible. Some of the things that we postulate and we 
talk about and that we, you know, dream about are not actually physically possible, you know, like the giant ants of our parents' time, you know, like the monster aliens that were like giant ants or giant bugs, you know. parents' time. Yeah, like our parents' time on TV and stuff, you know, uh, movies and whatnot. Those were the, were the like alien invasion movies and stuff like you can't have a giant ant. Like, why not? Because ant material can't support ant weight of that size. It doesn't get stronger as it gets bigger. It does not scale. Matter doesn't scale like that. It would have to be built like completely mm, different. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would not look like what an ant looks like. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. But in an, in an infinite or seemingly or possibly infinite universe, it seems like it's very easy to believe that anything is possible. Yeah, yeah. Anything within the Because there's so of, much we don't know. There's so much we don't know. I would say that anything that could be possible. So you don't know that on the other side of the universe, millions and billions of light years away, there's a planet of super large ant people running around. The gravity is completely different. Completely different. But if we went on that planet, you know, we might not survive. But yes. Yeah, it might come. Yeah. We would definitely get crushed by the alien or by the ants, the ant army. Yeah. Yeah. It would probably have much less gravity. It would be very light. Yeah. Otherwise, they would not be able to support their mass. It would, yeah, yeah. break themselves. I mean, even steel can't do that. You know, yeah. you get big enough weight and it's just going to do it. And there's a couple of things like with, with time, and it's difficult for me to. Really, and I, I, I did try to research this as much as I could so that I could answer some of the questions, but um, I'm, I, I can't. Um, but I have been convinced this will be this will be good. We could talk about this to some degree, but I am convinced that time travel is not possible. Time travel into the future mm. at varying speeds, um, relativistic effects. It's not going to take as long from my perspective as it is from your perspective. Just like traveling through space. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we are traveling through time. The faster we go, um, the slower it seems for us, or I should say the faster it seems for us. Yeah. From the outside, it's slower, but from where we're going, it's, it's, you know, in the concept that somebody launches from space they're traveling near the speed of light and then they return to earth in five years and to them they've time traveled sure yeah so in that sense time travel is theoretically possible yeah only going forward well think about falling into a black hole from what i understand you fall into a black hole from your perspective you go until the spaghettification and then it's over you know, you're boom. ripped apart, yeah. particle by particle. You're ripped apart. From your perspective, that's what you see. And essentially, you go through it, and then it's the end of the universe, essentially. What's the end of your universe? Well, the As whole, a, so from the outside, so an observer is going to see you taking, I don't think anything ever actually gets into the black hole. It just gets, once it's spaghettified, it just goes around forever. So from an outside perspective, an observer from the outside, you would never reach the inside. You would just be like spaghettifying. So are you saying that a black hole never actually takes matter in, into it? I don't believe that. I mean, the, the, the recent uh, 
theorizations is where I'm getting that from. So new stuff. That's a difficult query to, to make. Because Stephen Hawking, there's actually stuff that can come out and it's Hawking radiation. So anything that goes in actually creates Hawking radiation. Well, they give a really long explanation. That's not a not a concise answer. And this is one of no. Well, there's a concise answer. <laughs> it just simply says, yeah, this is uh, from from Forbes. But I, I was just on NASA's, and it was a much more difficult answer. But basically, no, black holes don't suck everything into it. And that was what NASA's long answer was: is that it, it seemed, and I just wanted verification. Mm -hmm. But it seems like what you're kind of what you're saying that well the, from your perspective falling into it it gets you know it gets over quick it's like instantaneous yeah. it's over but you're sped up from the outside it shows like and it's going to take until the end of the universe for everything to make it all the way into the middle and that's what you're seeing you're seeing or you're not seeing you know if you could experience that you know that's what you would see you would be going through it immediately because because your your perception of time would be sped so up. So from the outside observer, you never make it to the middle. You're being ripped apart slowly. Slowly, you slowly. would actually probably it would take it would take till the end of the universe for you to actually get ripped apart. You're just like yes, stopped there. So from the outside observer, but from the person actually happening, it would be like that. Absolutely. And the end of the universe when everything collapses, when all matter collapses because of heat, the heat death. But how do we know that that's the way we would see it? How do we know that that's that and we're being ripped apart? How do we know that through, we're not going through? How do we know it's not a wormhole? Um, we don't. We just don't have any reason to believe that it is yet. Mm. Just like everything else. So what do we what do we theorize when people talk about wormholes and talking about space travel and time travel and traveling, you know, between periods of space and time with through wormholes? What is the difference exactly between that and a black hole? I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it, that's all cutting that? edge. And I, I, I don't understand enough about it to answer that yeah. question. So. I was hoping you were smarter on than me. <laughs> it was which, once which you are. <laughs> it was once understood. I'm, I, I just read a lot. No, but it was once thought, not understood. It was once thought that black holes are where matter exits the universe, and white holes are where it enters. Yes, I've heard this. But that's kind of been poo pooed a little bit. Yeah. The problem is all of this stuff, for the most part, is speculative based on mathematics, mm. just straight math. Math tends to work. When math works, it tends to be true. You know what I'm saying? Um, to some level, uh, to some, to some, to a high enough level. And so Einstein's equations allow for, and to some degree, I think, promote white holes. So where the fuck are they coming from? Where's that shit coming from? Um, you know, is that, is that a analog to the singularity and the Big Bang at the beginning? Is that, you know, smaller scale leakage from, you know, 
other dimensions, other universes, um, the membrane, you know, being broken between the two um, or the three or the however that works. Um, so, so what about have you heard this theory that, you know, remember back in I think it was 2012 was the, supposed to be the end of the Mayan calendar, if I remember. And that was also the same year that we uh, we collided, used the Hadron Collider to... Large Hadron Collider yeah, at, um, yeah. was it, um, was it the LHC? Is that what it was? I don't remember, I don't... There's been a couple of them. Yeah, uh, 2012. I thought it was the one over in Europe. So in 2012 is when they discovered, the, demonstrated the existence of the Higgs, Higgs boson at mm. the Hydron uh, yeah, uh, there's Hydron still Collider. Some, there's still some so, question of whether they actually found the Higgs boson, but regardless. What yeah. about this? Wh what do you think about this theory? You scared of them creating black holes and swallowing up the Earth? Well, there are some people who would say that, uh, or who are speculating i won't say theorizing they're speculating they're totally not theorizing <laughs> <laughs> they totally are not um that when this occurred that this was what the prediction of the mayans were and that our universe merged with another universe and that is why we have things occur from our collective memory, like uh, the Mandela effect. Yeah, but that's but all of that, like it doesn't affect everybody. That's the problem. So there's people here who are like, yeah, no, I, I, I knew. That's because I knew about the that's Berenstein bears. Yeah, but that's because they're. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think there's a lot of holes in this as well. But yeah, so. If I had any sort of evidence that that was true, if the Mayan calendar ending was a doomsday thing, mm. I would, it would, that would be like maybe a, a one hundredth of a percent moving up. That would not mean much, but even in their calendar, that ending year, like that calendar ending wasn't like life ending. It was just moving on to the next calendar because that's how they did them. Yeah. There's a concept called next Tuesday, or I'm sorry, last Tuesdayism. Last Tuesdayism posits that the universe reset last Tuesday and you were imbued with your mind and all of your memories and all of your synoptic past pathways in your brain um, last Tuesday. Why Tuesday? Because philosophers are fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they chose. Um, this is just, an, you know, a mind experiment. This is just a, you know, how would you know? Mm -hmm. Just like if going through a tra the transporter problem, if going through a transporter, you know, in Star Trek land, disassembles you reassembles and you. reassembles you are you the same person are you the same personality yeah are you is do your lights go out and never come back on or do your lights go out and your literal lights come back on is it still you um and that's not an easy it's not an easy answer on either side it's not an easy yes and it's not an easy no um i can't go too deeply into it because i'm still you know, I, I, the reactionary 
Um, I think the reactionary is to say, no, you would not be the same person uh, from someone who's like me, who's, you know, really in the gritty beginnings of existentialist study, you know, getting into um, existentialism, true existentialism. Um, you know, I think the knee jerk is to say, no, you, you're, you're, your consciousness does not last. Um, and, and like you feeling it's you, like I yeah. feel that I'm me and you feel that you're you. Um, but it could go a couple ways. Uh, some don't think that the me that's feeling me is very novel. It's just the culmination of all of our nerve endings from all of our senses, you know, coming together and working things out and, uh, you know, so a little bit of cognition to uh, to go in with it. And then, you know, we've learned how to vibrate the air to take ideas from here and transfer them to other, you know, right. to other minds. Um, that's really not all that special. And I'm not terribly far away from that belief yeah that it's it's it, it's it i mean it is it's cool as hell dude it's really cool like uh, i'm not a rock i'm not your fucking carpet like like i can experience the universe yeah. like this is fantastic to some degree maybe there's you know if i had extra appendages i could you know higher st other states of consciousness that, that allow or, yeah or i could i could lick the ground and taste the colors and you know all sorts of craziness yeah, drugs for that <laughs> yeah. but you know that whole uh um you know that whole paradigm is uh um you know it's it's difficult to see that there's a man who um agreed to want to have his head he was living in immense pain mm -hmm. and there's a he was in russia I believe he was in immense pain and he was, you know, completely paraplegic. Mm. You know, he couldn't uh, quadriplegic, I should say. He was quadriplegic, um, you know, neck down. And they were going to put him onto another body just to see what would happen. And he agreed to it. I think it happened. But I never heard anything about it afterwards. So it must have, you know, it didn't make a super mutant. I don't think it just <laughs> probably didn't go. Probably through. didn't go so well. It didn't go so well. And the, the dude was like, no matter what happens, you know, I'm fine. Just just if it's bad, kill me. You know, I'm fine because I'm in immense pain right now. It's horrible. Um, but, you know, we were talking about that amongst amongst my friends and uh, and how how intense it would be like you're used to your nerve endings now you're getting another nerve ending connected to your just you a, know brain just a quick update he, yeah. he canceled the operation he, he did cancel he it. didn't go through with okay. it okay yeah okay but how i mean even even if it fit like you're used you know uh, sure there's dna that and 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 you know instructions that tell us how these work but we're all somewhat you know i mean the, uh, it, i think it would be so difficult to line everything up perfectly that it would just be a cacophony of horrible comfort you know what i'm saying lack of comfort if you were just if you were over until we could get it down you can't just you mean you mean nerve ending to nerve ending 
like each one of those little sure ones. sure you know, it's gonna be very uncomfortable until we um you know yeah but that, be, that. that being said i'm i'm growingly convinced that the brain is the key to to maintaining one's identity self and consciousness sure as you opposed know, to ev- what just everything else is expendable Essentially. Other than the brain? Yeah. And the nervous system, yeah. Um, nervous system could be expendable. Nervous system could be replaced if you could find a way to reconnect the brain to the new nervous system. Sure. You know, it's pretty I'm, complicated. Well, I mean, your brain is like the end point yes. of the nervous system. So at some point, you're going to have something there. But so are you talking about like brain in a jar? Yeah, Futurama brains. Are you familiar with solipsism? No. Concept of solipsism is essentially that you can only guarantee that you exist. Yeah. And if 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 you need help with that, which you, it's 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 pretty simple to accept, but if you need little help accepting it, you can't ask the question without existing. You can't or if somebody, if somebody is like, that's, uh, I think therefore I am Rene Descartes. Yeah. That's what that means. That means I exist because I am able to ask the question. Hmm. Do I exist? But then everybody exists if they're able to ask that question. You can't verify that in that's me. That's true. You can only Everybody's verify around you. claiming it though. I am a product of your senses. I don't even know that being, I don't know that I believe that being able to ask that question actually means that I'm here. It has to. What else is, what else, how would it, how would you why, ask the question why, without being there? Why could, well, if this is all a video game or a simulation. You would I'm, still be there in some degree. I mean, it, if it's it, a simulation, no. Um, it, it, but I don't think you would have the level of, I don't think we would have the level of consciousness that we do if it was a simulation. Um I think that that is far fetched. I think it's I think it's it's possible that that is not possible in our universe. See, that's interesting because that's one of the things like talking about Sean Carroll that like I I felt like his explanation of how the likelihood of of us being a simulation is like it's fairly convincing and and it continues to march towards one and one being we're in a simulation yeah it it continues to march towards that from a philosophical level hmm. there's not a whole hell of a lot of physiological how we would verify right yeah and what's the difference between that and our current existence well and that's i mean and that is a question like it is existence who, who, yeah i mean would uh, a life uh, in a simulation or as a simulation, if you had all the replicas of an actual life and you were in, un, uh, it was unknown to you the difference, the lack thereof, mm-hmm. would it be any different than an actual real life, a, re- no. a real reality to absolutely. you? No, it, would well, be, if it, it was, wouldn't. If, you, if it was all you knew, then absolutely. Put somebody in a cage for their whole life and that's, that's reality. Yeah. Um, but solipsism is actual belief. And if you're a hard solipsist, which would, those people are crazy, I, I would assume, but that you believe that, that uh, 
you are the only person mm. that exists. And um, uh, uh, Matt Dillahunty, who a lot of people don't like Matt Dillahunty um, for whatever reasons, I don't give a shit. You know, I separate quotes, but um, one of the things he says is uh, it would be very arrogant to think that all of the greatest music out there that you, we've heard, you know, all this wonderful music yeah. and, and, and whatnot, um, it was all created by you or me in our own head. You know, we're responsible for everything that we've ever seen and heard, you know, being a solipsist. And um, it, it, it's arrogant to think that. That's super arrogant. I'm not that fucking creative. Not at all. No way. Not at all. Not at all. Like there's, I, I think there's more of a likelihood of a, of a, of a, of a collective shared consciousness between us. If you want to look at it like that, then maybe there is only one, you know, collectiveness that kind of unites us and ties us all together. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So when you say a collective unconsciousness, um, there's a couple ways that that could go down or a collective consciousness. Um, we don't really have a lot of evidence for a collective consciousness. It, well, would, it would have to be in the unconscious. We don't really have much like reading active minds. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, 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 more of a clinical term. I see. Scientific term. Um, but at what level? Is it active or is it passive? Is it in the DNA or is it I can feel your fields and I can interpret your brain fields because yeah. they're leaking out of your skull and they're similar to mine. So I can, you know, where you think about the same thing before somebody else, right before somebody else says it, or you're mm -hmm. thinking about somebody and they call you, um, remember about that million and a one or one in a million chance happens yeah. about 1700 times a day. And so, uh, at least in this, in this world um so like coincidences don't get me going you know as much they don't hold a lot of water yeah you know for me um i'll notice them but um it might take a second or a third or a fourth to for it to you know not be a coincidence anymore for me it would depend. But how would you yeah. see that? Would you see that? Would you see it more as active, um, uh, collective unconscious or a passive one? I mean, with passive, you're not going to get, I know what this guy's thinking right now. But with passive, that's where we're looking at more of the archetypes, you know, where, where we like the, the snake gods and the, and the um, you know, the mother and the father and those kind of uh, constructs that we have in our brain. Um, that go beyond societal constructs, sure. you know, there, 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 there's a lot of biology that functions based upon mother. Um, and so there's something there, you know, instinct is what we would call it in animals. Um, so that being, we are animals Oh, in, yes, in, 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 in lower order animals. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so which, which, which would you see or a combination of two, what, what's more probable to you? Or, or, as or do you see anything collective unconscious? Yeah. 
I guess I see, I see, and I wouldn't say I even believe this. It's just, you know, the way I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards this uh, concept is that there is I don't know, I guess it would be a mixture because I do think that maybe there is something that is unifying. But in the sense that, yes, you do have intuition, you have, uh, I wouldn't say coincidences, but things, you know, that synchronicities that can pop up and, and sort of happen. And, um, and in general, I also believe that I do kind of believe this, and that is the sense that everything is made up of energy. And in that sense, all of the molecules of me, this table, you, everything in reality in the universe is connected in that sense. And it's all recycled through life and death cycles of creation and destruction. Sure. And so I do think there is a connectivity to things. And I think that some people might be more you know, open to the perceptions of these things. Sure. But when I say a collective unconsciousness, uh, you know, I do think there are certain things that once they're re repeated so many times throughout the course of our evolution, that they can sort of become ingrained in our DNA to a, to a certain sure. extent. So I think there is some sort of DNA or genetical memory that can occur through through a species. Um, and that's really what it is. It's, it's, you know, we know the DNA records our phenotype, you know, what our physical expression of the genes is going to look like. But the fact that, for lack of a better term, put notions into our mind at birth. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a powerful thing, you know, genetic generational knowledge is really what it what it would be um that's very powerful and my question would be can we harness it we do ultimately like you know but can we change it can we alter it i think we can now on an individual level if you have that insight and perspective and you know sure that mastery of understanding of life but I also think it is possible maybe for society and, and mankind to harness it as a whole. The problem that's going to hold us back from that is going to be the ego. I don't think we can do it as long as we're domineered by ego. That's one of the great filters that's keeping us from finding it's aliens. A problem. Is that it's most likely that we can't last for that long as civilizations just destroy themselves. What do you think? So these 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 the most popular type of alien, you say that we don't we don't survive long enough. So the most popular type of alien is this gray looking alien or big heads, small bodies, you know, big almond eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not very physical. Uh, but perhaps they have, you know, are, could they possibly be humanity from the future that has evolved to the point where they've harnessed this unconsciousness and they now communicate through that connectivity and no longer need to have the physical interactions that we currently rely on? Of course, not dangerous. to you because you don't believe in reverse time travel. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess going back on with, our previous conversation, but with how we understand physics right now, I don't. I've been convinced that we don't, um, or that we can't go back in time. Yeah, but they're from the future, so maybe they could. <laughs> well, so I don't think that they would make it here. Um, they being extraterrestrials, mm. I think it would be very difficult. I don't think that they would necessarily um, be bipedal. Um, I don't think that they would walk upright necessarily or that they would even have like a a uh, bilateral head face. Yeah. 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 Bilateral. Everything. Yeah. Everything's bilateral. Well, it could be the yeah, almost everything. Absolutely. It could be, you know. Probably, trilateral. probably it's going to be a, probably it's going to be a neon glowing squid, God stars or God planets. Who knows? I mean, um, Boltzmann's brains are interesting too. That if you go further enough in the uh, universe through infinity through these things, that you will find a uh, functioning biological brain just chilling out in space. Mm. Um, of course, we don't. Also, Futurama. Also, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they dip into real stuff all the time. Yeah, they for dip sure. into hard science all the fucking time. Absolutely. Like Rick and Morty too. Rick and Morty do as well. Um, it's like the newer version. So I think they it's squeeze it out option. a little harder. Yeah, it's a little more like. It's a, it's it's a little more. It's different, but it is. It's kind of like how the Big Bang Theory tried to be the show, and I never yeah. watched it. I um, but it's 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 really blatant. Um, but, you know, there was some shining stuff that came through, you know, yeah. and, and Blossom, whatever her name is. She's pretty badass. Blossom. An astrophysicist. Who's Blossom? Remember, she was on the show Blossom. So I can't remember what her real name is. Oh, the show Blossom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That girl. She's in a Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She she, is, she's an astrophysicist. She? In the show. No, in real life. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's hardcore. I've seen her up on the stage with... Uh, That's pretty dope. With, uh, with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so there is some that, that, that shines through. I bet she makes a hell of a lot more money, Big Bang Theory, than she did with, you know... For sure. But she keeps up with it. Uh, you know, she... I think she works at a school. I think. I think. I don't know. I really don't know. But she's... She's... She's for real. So there's some in some of those shows, some of those things that uh, yeah. that come through. But, you know, if you say, well, with with there's nine competing models of reality right now, that's where we are. And it's like or you know, X number of competing models. Um, so we can't answer that question for you. But which one looks the most interesting and most entertainment goes like, all right, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a yeah. little bit of this, a little bit of this. And like they don't exist together. Yeah. But it's entertaining so that's what you get yeah the problem is that people it takes a lot of work to discern between that and um i think that's where the the big gully i mean i think that that's part of why we have such a big gap between um current scientific knowledge and the average understanding of the world around them there's there's such the average person's understanding um you know there's plenty of people that you know are 
questioning and are, you know, doing that kind of stuff. But there's just so many people that don't understand enough science to, to really decode the evening news. I started to say, like, most most people that I would bring these kind of topics up to would either look at me like I'm weird or there would just be so over the top, like, you know, well, like, like you said, there's a there's a lack of interest in it. And I, I think to me, it's like, how could you not be interested in it? Because it's some of the most fascinating things to, to, to ponder and consider. And yet, I, th I agree with you. I think a lot of it does come down to, to education. I mean, I'm not the best and the brightest nor the best educated, but I, you know, there's a lot of information out there. And again, you're, like you said, dissecting the nightly news, you've got to be able to kind of process that information and critically evaluate it and figure out, you know, what's the right information, what's not the right information. And, sure. um, you know, that's especially true when you're thinking about theoretical things that may or may not exist or be true. That we just heard a <laughs> snippet yeah. of and understand it at a, such a, you know, superficial level. But now we're running with it as, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling down. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's, 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 there's fundamental miss, um, and, and, you know, as we talk about, uh, you know, um, intellectual skills, you know, epistemological skills, we don't really test, um, I hate to say critical thinking, but it really is critical thinking, you know, at its core, teaching people to think critically. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, balloons out from there. Oh, well, you have a hard time critical thinking. Well, we'll change. We're, we're going to change the way we do our testing at schools so that you don't have to feel like a loser. <laughs> I mean, I think you know? the, I think the gifted program is still around. I think they still sequester kids for for that sort of thing, at least for a little bit. I um, think so. You know, I mean, the, there are kids out there who come from an environment, you know, my parents were intelligent. Um, they read a lot to me, but, I, you know, I don't know if if uh, the boosts in life that I have gotten are, um, well, other than my, you know, statuses in society. But, um, you know, if, if, you know, just because my mom ate well during pregnancy uh, or, you know, if if there was other environmental things, the fact that I was read to so much, all of those things um, that sparks, you know, curiosity. I think that's another thing too, is uh, my curiosity never shuts off. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm constantly wanting to find out more information and you're the same way. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're here. Uh, I tend to not stop until I get to the bottom of it. And more often than not, that means abandoning some things because there is no bottom, you know. That's uh, true. So, you know, you get to a level where, okay, fine. Especially, especially the bigger or the more complex it is, finding the bottom can be, it can be an infinite abyss. Sure. You know. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very difficult. We don't, we don't teach uh, we don't teach. Uh, well, I, I, t I take that back. I take that back. I know plenty of teachers that teach critical thinking. Um, we just don't attract those kind of teachers as often, 100% of the time, because 
you know, it, it's, you really have to have a lot of heart and love what you do to be a teacher. I mean, it begs the question, you know, I'm, I'm one of these individuals that would argue that we could certainly reappropriate some of our military spending to education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it begs the question to me of, of and I experienced this in, in school as well. You know, I had a few and, and I'm talking like maybe three or three, maybe like teachers that were like what you're describing. And most of the others were there to like, you know, I was a teacher cause it was, I got summers off or, you know, it's just a fairly this easy, easy occupation. I and started this career in the sixties and I'm how still How do we get more engaged, more dedicated, more, uh, educated themselves teachers that want to teach in this manner where it's 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 teaching history with critical thinking it's teaching science with critical thinking it's teaching english with both comprehension reading comprehension and critical thinking <laughs> you know how do we get these kind of quality of teachers is it we pay better is it yeah i mean to me that's what it's always come down to is is salary sure you know pay you, better. you can't you can't pay a high school teacher Thirty or forty thousand dollars, and expect to get a lot out of that person. Not to get somebody who can take that and you know deal with everything else too that they have to deal with. Right, and and that's another thing how 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 emotionally draining it is to be poor. You know, um, exhausting. It is. It is. Um, you know, we grew up poor relatively, you know, I mean, not not we grew up in a very, very um, affluent area, hmm. um, a lot of money around, but we weren't we didn't have a lot. But it's very exhausting. And I couldn't imagine people who don't have a career track, you know, now and are and are moving uh you know, at the speed of minimum wage and, you know, like breaking into industries is difficult. And um, I, we're in a transition period right now. I think some of that is going to be natural, um, not good in any way, shape or form. And we should try to do anything. But I, I think it's a, I, I think it's a harbinger, I say, of not even a harbinger. That's negative, but it's a it's a sign of moving forward. I really do. Just this chaos and turmoil that's going on right now. I would agree to that. I mean, I think we've we're definitely in a transition period. Um, you know, I think from a from a perspective of how people view careers and jobs, it's been a transition period because you know, I mean, I grew up being told go to college get out of college, get a job, you'll work somewhere for 30 years, you'll retire and that you know, you'll be set. That'll be good. Yeah. That, I mean, that kind of career path, maybe it still exists for some people, but I really don't know anybody that it applies to anymore. Sure. And that in and of itself has created a lot of turmoil and uncertainty with people. And like you said, like for people who have been, who were born into uh, well-off families, I won't say wealthy, but well-off families who have you know, started out at a certain level. That's why they call it comfortable. Yeah, I comfortable. think they have, I think it's, I don't know if it's possible for them to understand 
the wear and tear that goes on an individual when they're living paycheck to paycheck? I think it's possible. I just think it doesn't happen very often because it's not that's not something that's real visible. Right. You know, I, but I, of course, you know, there's plenty of people who uh, who have changed after um, experiencing it close up. Not just that, but all True. sorts of things. You know, once we're more educated on a subject, our our feelings can definitely change. Your feelings um, can change. But I think truly knowing what it's like to feel that daily stress. Oh, well, you like can't feel it unless you've got else, it. There's nothing else to describe the way it wears you down for sure. over time. For sure. You know? Absolutely. And Absolutely. that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of, you know, that's one thing that, that gets me about this whole wage argument, you know. And I don't think everybody should get paid the same. I, I, I want equal opportunity, not necessarily equality. Sure. You know, and I hope that doesn't get misconstrued. And I'm happy to explain that further if it needs to be. But, you know, I, I just I think that we need to find ways for people to succeed mm -hmm. without um you know, from an employer perspective, for example, there's a lot of discussion about minimum wage and just wages in general and CEO earnings and things like that. Sure. And there really is something to be said for paying an employee enough or being an employee getting paid enough that if you don't have to worry about the next paycheck, like you're not living paycheck to paycheck, that you have some sense of security, that you're committed to where you're working, like that totally changes how effective and productive you are for that job and that employer. And I think that's something like employers just simply kind of miss the boat on sometimes is like if they want to maximize and they want better productivity and they want their employees to be focused on what they're actually supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm worried about, do I have enough money to pay for this medical bill that just came up or this or that, like that's taking away from my time, my attention and my focus of what I should be doing during the day. Sure. You know, Absolutely. And there's a lot of people in that case. Yeah. So with with and we've just discussed discussed this before. So and this is this is, again, my my personal opinion, but I'm pretty sure this is how it washes out. Um, <clears throat> there have been plenty of opportunities for the states to enact livable wage. Okay? Yeah. And they didn't. It's a it's a ridiculous stat, like the amount of years and the rate at which minimum wage has has not. Went oh, my up. God. I mean, it's a ridiculous and productivity has increased when you look at productivity push. increasing. You look it, at it's nasty. C, C, C level wages that have gone up in the same period. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. So, you know. Um, if you look at it as the states had an opportunity to do this. And we'll say California, where it's an expensive state. Mm. All the states have had an opportunity. We're going to compare California here, LA with, um, and I know there's, there's richer examples in LA or than LA in California, yeah. um, but we're going to do LA. OC. Do what? OC. Oh, <laughs> even San Francisco, right? I would go with OC. Really? Honestly, a lot of money in OC. We'll say, let's compare with like, you know, BFE Kentucky. Yeah. Where you probably could live on $8 an hour 
and rent, you know, pay rent in the trailer or something like that, manufactured home or whatever. Still scraping by. Still scraping by. Not yeah. happy. Not rich. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But you could you could make ends meet. Well, when the federal government has to get involved, the federal government is not going to say, okay, California, you need to have a $27 minimum wage. Right. Kentucky, you need to have right. a $10 minimum wage. They have to wage. do a straight one across the board. Across the board. And did $27 an hour is what you have to live to raise a family. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, there's probably not even enough to truly raise a family yeah. on $27 an hour. Do, is, do, do they have $27 an hour? No, they don't. You know, that's not the minimum wage here. It's 15, right? I'm pretty sure it's 15. Yeah. And so that's the compromise. Yes, somebody in BFE, Kentucky, who doesn't need $15 an hour is now going to get $15 an hour. Yeah, I mean, 20, that's just the way it is. $27 is $56,000 before taxes. Before taxes. So if you're here in California, you might as well take away 25% of that, which is, uh, you know, 14 grand, 14 off, grand off the yeah. top of it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, $15 is not enough to live good. 27 is it? No, not to live good. No. And so, you know, uh, uh, California, LA needs $27 an hour and Kentucky needs 10, 10, 12, 10, 12. Sure. But they're getting 15 because they had, the, you know, so they but, couldn't pass 27 minimum wage. But that's, 15 that's the, the problem then, because then you've got one market that's that's overinflated than than what it need, than what it properly should be based on the cost of living. And you've got another market which still isn't met that's at what inf- it needs to be. It wouldn't be inflation. Um, it would be. I'm using the term inflated as though the 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 minimum wage would be inflated above what it needs to be. Not, so not, maybe, not anything to do with inflation, per so, se. Maybe, so maybe wrong term. Well, but. yeah, but maybe in that situation, Kentucky will start producing more money than they take in from federal tax dollars. Maybe. So it's not necessarily maybe a bad wouldn't, thing. It wouldn't become a welfare state anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and when I, yeah, not welfare about as far as people. Welfare as far as federal tax dollars. Yes. They take federal tax it's, dollars. It's one of the biggest. I know that people don't well, like it. It's one it's, of the biggest welfare states. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Alabama and those states right there. Yeah. But if we paid people more, what are they going to do with it? Poor, I mean, I shouldn't say this. They should be saving their money more. But lower earners tend to spend more of their money yeah. in the economy. So it's not a win-lose situation. It's not a lose-lose situation. It is literally a win-win situation. The people who are, well, the people who are losing are people who don't look at money as a means to an end. Money is the end in and of itself. It's status. It's, it's, it's image. It's, you know, that sort of thing. Money is freedom. Right. Well, the, the amount of money that they would be paying in taxes would not stop them from gaining their power it's not a utilitarian reason they're against it rich people for the most part you mean taxes yeah it's an arrogance it's ego um ego it's yeah. a, a you know aristocratic mindset is fuck those little people yeah you know what uh uh what's her name um i've worked for this i did it all well no, yeah well she said we don't pay important people don't pay taxes. That's for the little people. Leona Helmsley. She's a big property owner. Fuck her. Yeah, she's dead. Um, she went to prison. 
good for 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 her stuff but this is a terrible time (laughs) this is not (laughs) an isolated mindset yeah you know this is a mindset of what does that happen though because people once they get to that level they just become so disconnected from how real people live probably yeah like Fuck, the, fuck those people they're just complaining like why are they always complaining why don't they do better pick themselves up by their bootstraps do something with their lives quit being lazy i've heard this argument my whole life you know what's the irony of it is that i've mostly heard it from people who need to pick themselves up by the bootstraps and do something <laughs> absolutely at my level you know i don't uh you know the the the, the rat race is a game and i played it for 20 years it's a total game in my you know in my career you know i'm i'm i, I feel pretty confident that i understand it and i can run with it um but uh i'm tired of it you know i mean it's not fun i can only imagine someone who can't we discussed this before someone who can't play the game it makes no sense there's too many moguls to get over at the beginning yeah too many speed bumps and and uh, yeah that's what i want my collective resource payments to go towards i want them to go to americans you know i want them to go to the people that i relate to yeah you know what i'm saying um I, I hear you. I mean, it's uh, and you're right. We were talking about this the other day and it, it, it you know, I, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but like I do think that like I'm a fairly intelligent person and fairly driven. I would agree. With and that. and. I know, but yet I know I don't think that I'm, uh, you know, special in any way. And yet when I I see, you know, I look out into the world and I see things and I realize, you know, there are a lot of people that have a lot less of a clue, have a lot less figured out than even I do. And I feel like I don't have shit figured out most of the time. Sure. And, you know, like you said, like all these moguls that you have to get over, all these bumps, all these humps that you got to get over. It's like for some people, they're never going to get over those humps. They don't even there's some people that don't even realize there's anything beyond the hump. They're just they're just stuck in this little rut valley and they're just going to sit there forever. Or maybe over this first hump is millionairehood. Yeah. And they don't even know. They're never going to they're never going to even consider that a possibility because they don't understand, you know, what it they either don't understand the complexity of the game or the levels to it or the layers to it. or They don't have the drive. They don't have the know how or whatever it is. Sure. And I think our our society, like as a society, like I, I wish everybody could contribute to society. I want everybody to contribute in some way. I don't think anybody fundamentally should get a free ride. And at the same time, I recognize there are these individuals that just aren't going to be able to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. They aren't going to be able to really effectively contribute to society in a meaningful way. How we have it laid out now. Right, right. And like at some point, we either, like you said, change the way we have it laid out completely and fundamentally, which is uh, a real uprooting situation, or we have to accept the fact They're not going to be able to do that. And it's going to be up to the other people that are capable to support them. 
change the value of productivity and change what we consider to be productive. What, yeah. what we consider productivity to be, um, what we value as a society. Um, that's the, the, that's the, the main thing is, yeah, when the computers take over um, and the robots take over, what are all of the, uh, what are all of the uh, workers going to do, the displaced workers? Well, you're going to have to fix them. There's going to be some of that. But, you know, getting things like UBI in place, um, our industry in this country, you know, goes to or should go to um, building this country and just mm -hmm. like the people. Um you know, and they do. Companies pay taxes. There's plenty of companies that pay taxes. Most get hit by sales tax and tariffs. Sure. That's how a lot of companies pay taxes. I can relate to taxes in our industry. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, the loopholes. I mean, there's there's loopholes in sales tax and things of that nature, but far fewer, from my understanding, than in, um, uh, you know, actual, like, money that they bring in because you know a company can uh we want companies in this country to grow and so if you spend money on r d if you reinvest in your company with your earnings sure you get tax breaks on that you know and some of that gets washed in with the like you know jeff bezos is paying zero in taxes but he's not it's just his he's not his all of his money is in stock you don't pay taxes on your stock until you sell it so, so what things, he's living on what's he living off of then he gets he, he i mean he's making he's for all intents and purposes he's a multimillionaire. the problem is he's a functional multi having someone like jeff bezos that pays a lower tax rate than someone like you or me on his total amount of money that's the problem yes on his total have and you know fundamentally speaking i sort of agree that that's a problem on all levels i agree that's a problem right. yeah that's that's like, we used to have so when they cut taxes and i'm not trying to take away like somebody who builds it like i admire like what he's done is amazing and i'm not trying to take all that shit away from him like he deserves a lot of a lot of a lot of shit for doing it but like his fair share would not change his livelihood at all at all and at there's all. tons of people that are like that and that's the key that's what i'm saying if 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 we got rich people if we got the uber not rich people because people also don't know what what rich means you see the kid on the airplane yelling about it his grandparents were worth two two million dollars no oh my god dude i'm gonna show this to you after we're over yeah it's it's, it's yeah he, okay he, he, he ended up they ended up like he was causing such a stink he was like my parent grandparents were worth two million dollars and he didn't want to move his seat or whatever they ended up duct taping him to the fucking seat oh is that airplane. the duct taping yeah. guy okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah two million dollars is nothing that's, not shit. Like, that's it's nothing um and and those aren't rich people those mm -hmm. aren't wealthy people mm -hmm. that i'm speaking of mm -hmm. like even like we're talking about uh, earning like more than uh four hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that but having you know billions of dollars is not like having a couple hundred million. A no. billion is a thousand million. We don't. <laughs> the average person will utter the word billions and they don't really have a conception of how much that really is. Because for most of us, like, I don't know, have you, 
What's a thousand million? Have I made a million in my life yet? I don't even know. Right, right. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. Most people aren't going to make a million in their whole life. Right, right. But they're throwing around ideas of only 50 million or only 50 or, million. Or my parents are, or my grandparents are worth $2 million, <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, um, as, as, as trying to like in this day and age, trying to use that as clout, yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't care if his parents were worth, you know, $2 trillion. If you're in my seat, you're in my seat yeah, or whatever the yeah. problem was, like, I'm gonna get you out of it. But, um, no, it, it's a game at that level. And, one side of the game is ego and the other side is like extreme suffering. And so we need to, we need to balance this out. You know, um, it just, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and there is a huge flux of people, like a huge exodus of young people moving out into the country yeah, and homesteading, moving away from the cities and that works out in their favor too because you know without adequate birth control a country this uneducated is just going to grow more uneducated people at a faster rate well that's the that's the that's the old kind of joke about the pyramids right what about them well that i mean basically that the the pyramids were built by some really smart people right and they had all these workers all the dumb people didn't know how to build them, they had them actually do the building, right? Sure. So all the time, like the people, smart people, a few of them, they're like designing, they're doing all this, they're educating themselves. All the dumb people, they go build the build the pyramids at night or during the day, they come home at night, you know, they fuck and re repro reproduce and, and go on and they're reproducing. Meanwhile, this keeps going on for generation after generation, and slowly there are no more smart people. That's and true. then one generation, everybody looks around and they're like, how the fuck did we ever build these things? And nobody has a clue how they were ever built. Sure. You know? Sure. I think rather than there's no more smart people, I think at that point, a ruling class Lost develops. knowledge, I guess, is a better way to put it, but. Yeah. I mean, we, we know pretty well how the, uh, how the uh, what's it called to work, how the pyramids were built. Do we? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're, we've, we've disassembled most of them with radar know. and sonar. I don't know if we figured out how they moved around those giant stones. Um, yeah, they have, they have, um, I know they've they have theorized, they, well, they've theorized about building these massive ramps, but like in application that starts to oh, sound yeah. ridiculous. Well, they didn't have the wheel, but what they did have was, um, what do you call them when you put a bunch of trees and roll sure. it on the trees, the yeah. skids or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's a testament to like raw manpower. Maybe. I mean, you get enough, you know, people out there. You, yeah. What about the guy? All right. So I don't think aliens did it. Okay. No, I'm not saying aliens did it. Bigfoot didn't. Well, he, Bigfoot might've been there. He might've been there. I don't there. think Bigfoot was in the Middle East, but, or in Egypt, but. What about the guy from Florida? Do you know about the Coral Castle? I think it's called the Coral Castle. It's down in uh, Coral, in Homestead, Florida. You don't know about this? No, show me a picture of it. So this guy built this place in Homestead, Florida, mm -hmm. out of coral. Yeah. And he built this by himself. 
He built it at night when no one else saw him, and he claims that he had ancient methods of moving these 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 giant stones by himself that were that were he claimed were the same that were used by the Egyptians to move the stones and other megaliths around in history in ancient history sure. that we had forgotten about. Sure. So to me this sounds like fucking levitation. No, but no, he yeah, unless he, he knew some side of kind of amazing pulley system. Yeah, like, I mean, not even uh, amazing. You wouldn't need that amazing like our current. Um, uh, what do they call it? Um, well, you could use block and tackle, but a uh, snatch block using snatch blocks, uh, you can lift a lot of weight. Now, that's also Kokino stone, essentially, which is stone made out of like a concrete made out of shells. Okay. Sure. It's not very durable, and I don't believe that 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 those stones are equivalent to the girth, the mass of the stones that they use for the pyramids. For my layman, I would I would agree with that. They're not as dense of stones, so I would agree with that. I don't see nevertheless. Anything, I don't see anything wrong with one guy building all of this. Fuck, man. Especially a guy I just with don't engineering, how with engineering skills and money. I mean, I do wonder, and this is one of the you know you asked me about fingerprints of the gods earlier. This is one of the things that like Graham Hancock is kind of dives into is trying to figure out how these megalith were 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 constructed in this time when there was supposedly no no uh, ability to do it and like i can't really read that from here but uh i'm gonna pull it over here so i can read this so this guy that built this place was born in latvia in 1887 and uh his fiance died blah 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 yeah i think i'm familiar actually now that you're telling more about it yeah what makes his work so it says with no outside assistance or large machinery he single-handedly built the coral castle carving and sculpting over 1100 tons of coral rock as a testimony to his love what makes it remarkable is that the fact that he was just over five feet tall and weighed only 100 pounds some of the areas can be up to four thousand feet thick that article so i don't know how he did it but but the article that you're reading right there mm. it's kind of an editorialization isn't it it's uh from the coral castle museum man it's history right <laughs> so <laughs> um you know that probably wouldn't be my source it also says that he moved to florida in 1918 where he lived till 1936 he Decided to move to Homestead in 36, bought 10 acres of land. He spent the next three years moving the Coral Castle structures. How many years? He spent the next three years years. moving the Coral Castle structures he had already begun to build from Florida City to Homestead, a distance of 10 miles. Mm. How did he do this? He had the chassis of an old Republic uh, truck that he used, and he would ride his bicycle. Yeah, I mean... But he did all the erecting at night. Hmm. Because it's hot as hell in Florida during the day. I mean, especially for a five foot, hundred pound dude moving four thousand 
feet of fucking coral rock. What year was this in? Like the 19... 18 to 36 to 1936. Yeah. I think right around the turn of the century, there was a, uh, or the early teens or the early aughts of 1900, there was a really bad hurricane that came through um, the keys. And uh, it was lots and lots of casualties. Um, It was a bad time, but you know, there's things that it doesn't say, you know, that you can use your intuition pumps to get more information. Um, you know, you can say it, it, it doesn't say that every brick was brought in the huge size. It didn't say if where the, where they were assembled. It doesn't say if he was able to cut and reform any or if he did cut and reform any, which he would have had to have done. So it says he cut and moved the huge coral blocks using only hand tools. What does that mean? What does a hand tool mean? So that's a subjective term. Is a snatch block a hand tool? Probably. Could you lift a building with a snatch with a series of snatch blocks? Absolutely. Could you? Oh yes. What is a snatch block? What is this? Just like block and tackle. Oh. Just like a, a pulley. Oh. When you well, start when you start doubling if pulleys you only on themselves, weigh hundred pounds though. Sure. Sure. But that's not also saying that he didn't use weight to help him Mm. on his side. There's all sorts of things. You can make that story sound boring. You can make that story sound magnificent. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying the dude didn't put in work. That's true. He put in work. That's true. But like Occam's razor, like what takes the most what takes the most work? To, 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 to what, what takes the most explanation that he just did it and he was determined because it's all things that humans can do. Well, that seems ridiculous. Or is it that the aliens came and helped him? And how much extra do you have to explain when you have the aliens or maybe, you have the maybe magical? it wasn't aliens? Maybe he just understood something about uh, gravity or the magnetic fields. You would have to. That's the most popular theory is that magnetic, he had some understanding of magnetic. Uh, uh, Shells aren't magnetic. That doesn't make a lot of sense, though. Well, but the Earth has magnetic fields. Yeah, but what does that have to do with? Well, maybe he can use that to harness levitation in some way. You've added now 30 different layers just by the the story is much more interesting. It's much more interesting. (laughs) Remember what the goal here is, though. Remember, remember what my dying goal is. My 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 burning desire is to believe as many true things as possible and as few false things as possible. Yeah, True. It's a good uh, more people should believe that uh, go by that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. They should. Um, we look at Occam's razor and we look at Newton's flaming laser sword, which I'm, that sounds interesting. I don't I like know if you've that. ever heard that. That sounds great. So what Newton, I want one Occam's razor says, not the simplest explanation is the, is the, is the correct one. That's not what Occam's razor is. Nobody knows that it's the explanation. It paraphrased in my own opinion, uh, cause somebody can always argue it, but, um, um, the explanation that leads to the fewest assumptions Mm. that is still sufficient to answer the question, but that doesn't sound as exciting as the easiest, simplest explanation is it. So 
Occam's razor is a very powerful tool. And what razors do is they cut off, they cut out the bullshit. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, Newton's flaming laser sword. That sounds very painful. The, yes. The flaming sword sounds awesome. It's, it's, it's incredibly it's painful. Magnificent, actually. If something can't be tested empirically, oh. it's not worth discussing scientifically. Damn. See, now I think if you took that principle and apply, and actually applied it, you would actually not have a great deal of scientific discovery. Because just as we were talking earlier about like speculating and talking about shit that's theoretical and we don't know and, and this and that, there are so many speculative things that, and failures that must come in order to truly discover the reality that is real or the thing about, that is real. I don't know about must, but often do. Often. Sure. And as well. And if you don't take the time to ponder the things that seem ridiculous, sure, you're going to waste some time, but you may not come across those truths that do lie there as well. Sure. And, you know, Philosophy in a nutshell is the study of questions with no answers. And science is, you know, you, 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 you can in philosophy, you can't, you know, you can't answer those questions. And so um, definitively, there's no objective answer to those questions. That's why it's a debated thing, you know. Um, but I think knowledge jumps back and forth from time to time between philosophy and empirical knowledge, you know, scientific knowledge. Um, and so the, yes, there is a need we have, we use philosophy to stretch our arm out and then we use science to kind of examine what's all over our fingers. Yeah. I like that. You know what I mean? That's a good analogy. I like that. If there was no philosophy, we would never have looked up and put names and personalities to the stars yeah and we just would have taken them for granted and probably i don't know and we just they're not a big part of our lives they're just lights in space never really thought about it yeah you know but we do have that drive to answer questions and and uh and and we're able to uh formulate stories and and that's another thing too is um, all of that stuff is very important you know religions and mythology tend to be failed science that's what um, Sam Harris says. So we had science at the time. We tried to understand the world around us at the time based on our understanding of our environment at the time. And so, you I know, mean, as that increased. Did the churches not try to stifle actual science at the time, though? Uh, some did, some didn't. You'd be surprised how uh, widespread Christianity in particular. Yeah, when I we guess. when when we when we go ahead to <laughs> when we go forward until Christianity. So it it really depends. There was no Earth is flat. No, but just the whole for most of the time. Some of the things we hear. Um, yeah, no. Uh, what's his name? But the heretics and you know the, the Galileo and these people that were you know heavily chastised for, for, for their executed. beliefs and executed and mm -hmm. much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think once the church, yeah, once, once you get past like Nicaea and you get into like new Testament era, in my opinion, yeah, that's when you start getting more, um, people that are taking this and using it as a means of control. Um, I, I, I 
I'm not going to argue that those people didn't exist to some degree since the inception of religion um, and mythology and, you know, mythological beliefs that people hold. Um, but there's a reason why they're there. It's not just some dude saying, you know, I can control these people if I make things up. No, I mean, we're really afraid of what's in that bush at night. We don't know what's in there. And um, sure. But that kind of goes back to the to the framing about, you know, that innate. that ingrained unconsciousness into mm-hmm. our DEA, you know, our ancestors, you know, probably, yes, at night, people probably got snatched by fucking dire wolves and, you know, saber-toothed tigers and all sorts of shit. Absolutely. And that has probably been ingrained into us genetically over hundreds of thousands of years. Sure, sure. And yeah, that's, that's why we have it now. Yeah, Africa's got a lot of snakes. Southeast Asia's got a lot of snakes. I'm terrified of snakes, bro. And, and that's why uh, every civilization uh, that we've come across, or at least the vast majority of them, whether they had snakes or not, had a snake god. They had snake myths um, without even being exposed to snakes because where we started had a lot of snakes. And uh, those who were afraid of snakes lived. That's how evolution works. Sure. Not... You know, it's not telling them to do things. It's just when they say evolution is chance, that's what it is. Like if you're more likely to run from a snake and be afraid of a snake, then you're less likely to die by a snake. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. But um, there were plenty of people that the curiosity got them and they went in and, and same with lions or whatever. You know, the people that were scared of them, uh, survived longer and we kind of once we developed language and larger memories we can now share this information there's unbroken information that we utilize daily that extends back in time long oral histories well i'm saying even like the roads we walk on that's like unbroken knowledge since we were you know, uh, tearing up grass and putting gravel there, you know, or whatever, building Roman roads, you know, we don't build them like that, but you know, like that's unbroken knowledge. Like once we develop the wheel, that's yeah. unbroken knowledge all the way up to here. Like it was passed on either yeah. in written verbal or, or, uh, you know, some sort of format, you know, that's, uh, we do new things with them. And then that is recorded and that is moved further. But I think that's a little different than saying, you know, saying that we've maintained the knowledge of of the wheel and how to use that. That's an applicable thing that is, to me, that's a little bit different than than fearing the thing in the bushes. You know, it's a lot more tangible. That's, That's more like applicable in the sense that each generation, like as you are born, you see the wheel being used and you understand the concept of the wheel for as sure. where we don't really see the things in the bushes anymore. No, but we yeah, don't. We still have that like in the back of our mind, like mm, something's not right about this bush at night, you know? Yep. There's a reason why we get nervous around that bush at night. Yeah. You know? um, there's a lot of bushes that I get nervous around at night, <laughs> um, over the years, but, but yeah, no. And, and, and I think, the difference is so our shared knowledge that we're pushing not our collective unconscious but our shared surface knowledge 
Um, that's a totally separate thing. That is moving so fast. It's moving way faster than genetic. It's meant to keep up with. Meant to keep up, but it, it's happening. Yeah. There is nothing that says that this is wrong the way everything is right now. So it's never happened before. No. You know, we're, we are evolving intellectually at a very fast rate. And um, I, I, I don't look at it as we're doing something wrong. I also think there's some devolving intellectually that there's, happens. There is, there is some devolving. <laughs> there is. Um, <laughs> Uh, not truly devolving, not truly, but uh, evolution-wise, but whatever we call. So they don't call our. Well, they do call it. Some people, sociologists, will call it evolution, but like, to my knowledge, there's no real tie of our intellectual evolution into our like actual evolution. They're two separate things, mm. um, and one is moving much faster because we don't have like uber cognition in lower animals. We don't have, we can't study any other animals right. with that. We only have this like, you know, sample size of one. Right. And so, you know, um, uh, it's definitely a different thing, but it affects, I believe it is totally evolutionary. It's just not physical as much. So it's hard first to study. It's yeah. much harder to study. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Interesting. So what are your thought? What do you, what, so you mentioned religion. So what is, what is, 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 is religion just a, a way to explain the things that we don't understand or mm -hmm. haven't understood throughout, you know, and in time science, you know, if we have the capabilities, we'll explain all of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I think religion is a tool for getting out of the dark. So the way it was explained to me is when you're living in the dark, the blind man, that's who you go to. He's walked the streets. He's walked the paths. He knows them very, very well. Hmm. When it's night, when it's dark, the blind man is invaluable. When the lights come on, blind man's not, he's useful but he's definitely not as useful as a sighted person in that regard. Nice to have around, nice to have a drink with, but you don't really need him to get around. Right, right. Yeah. You're not, a, you know, you can see. And we always have needed to have the answer um, because when we don't know, we're nervous. It's just, <laughs> we're nervous. And so, yeah. you know, medicine men and spiritual leaders in like indigenous tribes or of, of, of your, you know, a long time ago, um, they needed to have answers at hand to calm their, their people down, you know, um, or in rage at certain times, you know, to yeah. control them, but not necessarily to control them in the way like, you know, now it's controlled now. Yeah. yeah. But they did use them to control the emotional state of a large group of people. Um, so there was need for it. You know, there definitely was need for it. Yeah. Is there need for it now? Um, I wish there was less need for it. Um, I don't think religion is useful for answering a lot of the questions that religion tries to answer. Um, 
but if it is a comforting belief, um, to, a comforting philosophy to answer questions for you um, on subjects that can't be answered otherwise. Yeah. Um, Especially if you have a hard time accepting uh, or grasping the inconceivability of some of the unknowns. Sure, sure. And just just gr being able to, it is difficult to entertain an unknown. For sure. It's incredibly difficult. And yeah, people don't like doing that. Yes. Um, the more you, you recognize the infinite, the more insignificant you are. And that bothers a lot of, a lot of people. As well in society, um, this is one of the big problems I have with society is it, it's so negative. It's such a negative quality to be wrong or to not know and uh, not have an answer. So isn't that just the ego, though? I mean, of like, course, like just I mean, everything boils up from the ego. Fucking, we're, most of the time we're wrong, like. Well, I've I've heard Most theists are wrong. I've heard theists say that it's better to have an answer regardless than to not know. And at this point, I don't know if I agree with that. At this point, that is absolutely terrifying for yeah. me. Yeah. So if it means you're just making up shit. To you're making up satisfy shit. Satisfy your, your current, insecurities. Your current mental state, yeah. whatever you are right now, your current state. Um, so I was talking with George about this, um, about there not being objective reality. It's, there's no way for us to record objective reality. Right. You have, there's not, they said, you record they yours, said, I'll record mine, and then we'll compare the two. Right. <laughs> right. No, then you just have four versions of yeah. what happened. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, there's not um, what the defendant said, what the plaintiff said, and then what actually happened. It, that's not how, like that actually happened part mm. is very speculative, is very subjective, you know. Um, or is it the only one that actually matters? The other two are the ones that are skewed. Well, you're never gonna know. You won't know, that You'll is the never, problem. So since we can't interact with it, Does it matter? That's also true. That's, you know, people talk about a God that exists outside of time and space. And it's a it's an entity outside. Fantastic. If it doesn't interact with us, I would be more than happy. I'm fine with believing in that God that there cannot interact with mm. this, you know, outside of, of this. That's fine. I will believe that. I don't care. It's so minuscule at that point. But according to most uh, theological beliefs, God has interacted with this world. So sure. is he, sure. he can travel be, be both beyond time and space and be in time and space? I mean, I know I, I, there's no such thing as outside of time and yeah, space. You know, nothing can really exist outside of time and space. The only thing outside of time and space in this reality would be an alternate dimension or or which would be its own, which would time, be its and own time and space. Absolutely. So there is a reason to believe that there is a fabric and small perturbations of things at such a level that they're smaller than the plank length. So they don't really exist. You can't measure them. Right. They're just so small. Those 
perturbations could have happened to spark off the Big Bang or the singularity that ended up with the Big Bang happened at slightly after whatever happened first. Right. Um, and so, yeah, there are not out of this world speculations on how something could come from nothing because what is nothing low energy vacuum state i mean that's pretty much not our definition at this point yeah yeah so yeah so there's no such thing as objectivity um and everything's subjective so and there's really no such thing as nothing um uh what people call nothing is not what physicists call nothing. Um, so uh, I really think we're talking about two different. I mean, when 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 lay people talk and use these words, mm. we're not talking about the same thing. They're. That's how I look at it. When like when a when a fundamentalist comes at me, they're punching up because they 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 don't really understand a fundamentalist of what or uh, a, uh, a like a fundamentalist. Of anything I'm in America, so fundamentalist Christian okay. is going to be the most likely. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, when I when I encounter, I know a few. <laughs> I mean, I'm you know I I am a I'm a preacher's son, and so not a preacher, but yeah. a priest. Yeah. You know, more of a formal, um, almost Catholicism. Yeah. They wear the shirt and tie. Yeah. Yeah. They wear. Yeah. Yeah. They do. They do. Um, Preacher man wear a polo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, but, 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 you know, I, I look at it as punching up, you know, I look at it as someone who doesn't understand. And then it's difficult because as intellectual creatures, we have to define what that means to be how did I come across this information? How did I verify this information is correct? Why is my belief? Why do I believe mine? My version more than other right. person's version? Um, what do I have? It's very easy to fall back on the body of scientific knowledge. That's essentially what we're doing. Yeah. I trust in that. I understand how peer review works. I understand how science works. I understand that scientists, while they're generally cordial people to one another, you don't get famous as a scientist until you prove somebody else wrong. Hell no. And so... It, 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 conspiracies are very difficult with these people and they're very excitable yeah. people for the most part scientists are at least the ones that i've you know that i've been good enough to work with and you know associate with um or not good enough but i've been lucky enough to work with um that uh yeah it's easy it's easy to to when you understand how scientific consensus works like a lot of the people that agree, they agree begrudgingly. Mm. They don't want to agree with, you know, Dr. Whoever yeah. on the other side, but they're right. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to agree with you. You know, you're my rival, but you're right. So, yeah, this guy is a douche. I don't really like working with him, but I peer reviewed him and our lab came up with the same results. He yeah, was right. Yeah. She was right. Whatever. You know, it's, 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 uh, if you understand how science works, it's really easy to fall back on that and, and to trust that body of, of, of scientific knowledge.
and you think this is a good thing. Well, you have or, to, because then we can't move forward. If we don't have anything to build on, we can't move what forward. If you can't, what if you can, and what if you can't fully trust the communicators of that knowledge or that information? Uh, varying levels, I can. I trust that the engineering teachers at school hmm. are teaching br bridge building hmm. to an effective degree. Yes. That engineers coming out of said school can go and work with bridge builders and at least be up to speed enough to become a bridge builder eventually. Sure. They're learning on the job, much yeah. like uh, software development. You learn on the job. You know, most jobs, you learn the majority of it. On, but even deep, deep jobs, um, you know, you learn a lot um, uh, in situ. Um, so, yeah, there are varying levels of trust that I have that I have to have um, in our sources of information. When we talk about the origins of the universe, ultimately, if we can answer that question or we cannot, is not going to change much about my life. It will. My understanding, my, you know, my philo uh, my philosophies will change. Um, or get stronger, you know, change sure. to some way. But ultimately, it's not if we understand better about how the universe was formed, that's not going to change the growth rate of the wheat and corn that goes into my right. breakfast cereal. Right. Like my day is not necessarily going to be physically changed. And so there's varying levels of trust we can have in ideas. You know, if I call you up and say, hey, Matt, I got a dog. It's at my dad, so I can't show you a picture of it, um, but I got this dog and this dog is really cool. What do you lose by trusting me and being wrong? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I believed my friend Matt had a dog. Yeah. And he was wrong. He lied and I believed him and I was wrong. What? There are varying levels of shit that matters in this world. That's true. <laughs> and I think a lot of people get hung up on this Bullshit that Shit doesn't that matter. matter. Yeah. I mean, you can believe it or you're not. It doesn't matter. Like, it's not going to change. Now, in, in the example that I gave, you were probably going to be a little sus going forward. It's like, you know, why is my old pal mad yeah, lying to me about having dogs? Like, <laughs> what is this? This is weird. But ultimately, that's how that, that's part of our uh, um, epistemological toolkit that we carry with us. That's part of our tool set how we can discern between shit that's real and shit yeah. that's not, or shit that we want to put our time figuring out whether it's worth it or not. You yeah. know, that's, it's, it's part of what we use to do that. Um, uh, and I think if we don't use those kind of tools, we stagnate. For sure. If you don't use it, you lose it mentally, emotionally, physically, yep. for sure. Absolutely. I've, I've even come to the conclusion recently, I shouldn't say I've come to the conclusion, but I've come to uh, believe more strongly that a lot of the things that people are concerned about today, that you, as we just said, were kind of, are kind of irrelevant, they don't really matter, is largely due because a lot of the people have, We've had a fairly easy go of it over the last few decades yeah. as a society. We haven't had real struggle. We haven't had drafts. We haven't had war. Not not here on this turf that we've had to face. We haven't had real. I mean, I know we have struggles in this country. And there have been losses and for people, sure, absolutely tragedies and all that. But sure. I think overall society has has I think when you don't have real struggle, you start to create struggle. 
Sure. You start to create conflict. Drama. Yeah, absolutely. Manufactured drama. I'm a big fan of everybody going out and punishing themselves through exercise. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, you know, that you push that. And scientifically speaking, medically speaking, like that's a you know solution to a lot of problems yeah you know there is there's the cheapest therapy you'll ever have absolutely (laughs) absolutely and it's a lot of work and we have doordash now (laughs) so what do we do how do we fix this we don't want to get rid of doordash we're 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 intelligent enough to coexist with DoorDash sure. and still get amount an amount of sure. exercise. DoorDash DoorDash exists. I just don't use it. Sure, like sure. Very like once a year. I use DoorDash <laughs> <laughs> because part of my entertainment budget is actually a big chunk of food mm. in my entertainment budget. Sure. Um, uh, because it's just and and. You know, getting in shape, getting in better shape, uh, uh, you know, would would alter that definitely. And so that that's a that's a not a slippery slope, but it's a it's a, you know, avalanche type situation snowball. Um, but I, I, I agree with you that uh, lots of our hostilities, people people harbor a lot of hostilities these days and yeah. i think they always have but but we're not letting it out you know we're not chopping the wood that we have to to survive we're not taking yeah just everything as you say just more examples of the that outlets, you know yeah yeah outlets. We're, more specifically we haven't physically changed much since we were chasing down woolly mammoths okay we haven't evolved that, much, that physically. much no not no not very much at all we're pretty much the same Big, biggest thing is that we, we well i like to think and that's kind of the genesis of the idea of this show is that along the way somewhere we started to ingest psychedelic mushrooms <laughs> that's what that's been the biggest change has been mentally yeah absolutely um there, you, know, you know our uh, brain capacity for in, function ingenuity part yeah. of that as well um that allowed us to get up and move was uh cheese which i'm happy about the 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 you know cheese cheese, cheese played a huge role in our um you know like swiss cheese cheddar cheese um cheese, yeah cheese. like goat milk cheese and a goat just cheese in general absolutely um played such a role because it was portable hmm. And it was um, if it went bad, you scrape the mold off and eat underneath of it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and there's there's certain proteins that and fats collecting of the fats that help in brain development. Now, I'm not exactly sure what we gained from that physiologically. What I know, we were more mobile in those mm, cases. Yeah. You know? And and we, uh, we we were feeding our brain um quite a bit with that, you know, um, with, with those fats, we were, we were augmenting. I think that might've been our biggest ingestion of fats, which yeah, goes right to the brain. So might've been, might've been that I, I, I tend to, to slant a little harder on the side of, of, we started ingesting more protein mm. and maybe in a combination of, 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 I don't know how I really feel about the psychedelic uh, mushroom consumption evolution theory, but um, it's certainly a possibility that over time it it helped accelerate our our development. It could as have a been species. It could have been as uh, the, the 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 portion of development that I, I mean I would assume that it would um, 
the, you know, the portion that it would accelerate would be our, what do you call it? Um, or what would you call it? Our, 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 our ability to, yeah, abstract thought. Abstractly think, yeah. Abstract thought and yeah. maybe even challenge the borders Problem of solve. that. Problem solve. Problem yeah. um, solve. That's a, that's a big, that's a, that's a big term problem solve is a big term it is a big term and i guess i look at it as as an application to creativity as a as applied to abstract thought sure you know sure. how to how to how to tie that abstract thought yes. back into into things applicable yeah and and what i'm excited about and you know i don't i, I try to stay away from all of this stuff this was in my youth you know i don't yeah. i don't you know i don't i don't do anything anymore uh this <laughs> this is a uh, little this, bit of whiskey a little, yeah. little bit of whiskey is nice i wish i had a cigar but um i wish i had a cigar too I, I i i tend to not as much anymore um uh you know gravitate towards those sure, things sure. but i did you know, I mean, and and you know that I did. Um, I back just in find the day. it fascinating. I like, think it's. I think it's. Even Brian Moresco's uh, latest book, where he kind of really dives into how how he ties in a lot of the religious developments oh, over sure. the centuries to psychedelic uh, just practices and experiences that people had at the times that we maybe misinterpreted and and thought they were drinking alcohol when in fact that alcohol may have been had something ergot. else yeah or got in particular in it mm -hmm. yeah um i mean it's hard to read revelations and not think they were on something yeah yeah even even <laughs> even the 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 uh the uh the um celebrant the uh the religious leader in my family is that yeah, john was you know really a substance oh yeah oh, wow. oh yeah oh yeah that, oh yeah yeah um there's there's all sorts of stuff that it I've never been. actually talked to uh, to to anyone that's actually from from you know a, a priest or a preacher or anybody that's ever been like who you could talk to with those somewhat kind of stuff. open sure. about this like yeah it's possible mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um, yeah John is is considered to have used substances um, and that you know you have the uh, oracle. Mm. at delphi yeah for sure with the fumes well that could be anything and that could be really could be anything i mean it could be you know some nasty thing that was very bad and caused them to hallucinate because of asphyxia or whatever yeah um the role what i'm what i'm really excited about is the role in psychedelics and hallucinogens in small doses, microdosing for depression. Mm. Um, not in any of the interests that I have. Uh, I have, it, it, it's so debilitating, or at least for me, when I was younger, um, when I did that stuff, uh, there's no way I could keep up with it now. I have enough in my brain to keep up sure. with. Um, so I'm uh, not looking at it from that, but the fact that they're testing it on people and it's working, 
You know, I mean, this is like the studies have been resounding with the results. And if they were if they were tripping balls during this, that would be one thing. That's sure. like you're like getting high. Yeah. But they're not. There's microdosing. They're not feeling those effects. You might get some cerebral feeling. That's but that's that's the biggest thing I've tried much. to tell people. Like and and I have, you know, microdosed uh at different times and you know, you don't if you're if you're if you actually have an effect from it, like a tripping effect from micro, you're, you're not doing it right. You're taking too much. Like it's it's just the way it is. Like you shouldn't feel the effect of it. It should be so mild that literally, like you say, it you just kind of notice that you're in a slightly better mood. You sure. kind of just see things a little bit on the brighter side. Like you just kind of see yeah. a little more less stressed. It's it, it's 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 very much like. Um, you know, if you take it properly, I think it, it very much could be used to treat, you know, depression, anxiety, these kind of it things that, that deal with people and the studies are showing it now. Yeah. Even Timothy Leary, uh, back in the day with, you know, lysergic acid, mm. um, he was doing therapy. Now, do I agree with how he was going about it. Um, I don't think it was, I don't, I he might've gotten a little reckless. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm a big Timothy Leary, like, you know, yeah, he was, he was, well, he was towing, he was not just towing the line. He was walking over the line and yeah. he was given he middle it. fingers. Yeah. yeah. He was given middle fingers to people. Now, ultimately, from what I understand, there wasn't a lot of good science that came out of that, not because of him, but because of the people who took his records when he went to jail, mm -hmm. the government yeah. that took his records. I just don't think they, they really dealt much with it. And he may not have been as great at like he wasn't doing there was no double blind studies back then there was right. no that kind of stuff like we do today he was not a staunch clinician right exactly exactly but he was attempting to help people his impact was almost on as much of a cultural as it was a scientific level well he, well, he was a clinician He's, he was very good at clinician yeah. he was as being a clinician he wasn't a good researcher yeah as good as he could have been yeah and and i think that hurt um it's just like, I mean, I hate bringing this up, but, you know, people have said on a very serious note, like the Nazis um, research that went on. It was terrible. It was absolutely yeah. terrible. And stuff that happened, um, you know, in, uh, uh, you know, on the, the, the Eastern Front in China, you know, those kind of things that happened. Uh, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. Can't we salvage anything from that? You know, make it so that the lives of the people didn't die in vain and ultimately it boils down to they didn't do very good uh you know they didn't they didn't uh they didn't take very good records so yeah most of those people we can't use that data and i think that happened with with uh leary as well mm -hmm. you know in, in that kind of early studies like yeah. it's just it just wasn't it just wasn't adequate to, i mean <laughs> the line between adequate and there crossed a line with Leary where he really went from a clinician and researcher to, I don't want to, maybe fundamentalist isn't the right term, but certainly activist yeah. and public figure. Sure. 
and the, there was a switch there yeah. And, yeah. and 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 a lot of the research aspect got lost when he made that switch sure yeah and he you know he had a private uh, pr pretty much an island that uh, where he did everything on you had to get to ride by boat um, you gotta be careful about them private islands for real absolutely <laughs> absolutely well the good thing is and I'm pretty sure he's one of them, but I'd like to believe regardless that um, he's one of the few people that uh, his ashes are orbiting the earth. Leary? Mm-hmm. Is that true? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. Very interesting. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you could definitely confirm that, but um, he, uh, he definitely should. Um, yeah, he, he was, he was, he wanted that. Um, trying to think about who else was yes as they were to to be sent to space this was from uh i don't know i don't see a date on it well, just this year august oh well and who knows if that's still if it's if it's uh it says oh here's here it is from april 1997 actually yeah, it was Timothy Leary and 23 others mm. had their ashes shot into space, into orbit. Yeah. And they'll come back as a shooting star. It's a good way to go. I mean, I mean, shoot you into space, bury you here on Earth. What's it really matter? I'm pretty sure you really went. Oh, uh, well, it's definitely cleaner to go into space. Cleaner? Well, yeah, you know, whole burial is... is uh, that's that's uh i mean either way it decomposes it goes back into the circle of not, life not if you have a viewing not if they pump you full of chemicals uh, well that's you true gotta have a green burial yeah. so let me tell you where what my plans are maybe this will terrify you <laughs> <laughs> here's what my plans are is as soon as i die take whatever is usable hopefully i've you know, no longer smoking. Mm -hmm. My lungs are clean. Yep. Um, no promises, though. Take whatever's useful. I don't have a gallbladder, but anything else you can have. Um, and then straight into scientific research. So you're a cadaver on a slab. Mm. Um, I'm the last person that's going to care. If I had family, yeah. if I had kids or a wife that was like, I can't live with that. Yeah. Uh, I still probably would do it, but I would work with them to try to figure out what the hell. But still, that's that's the only thing that yeah. would really cause me. I don't care if my naked body is seen by doctors, you know, when they're cutting me up. Yeah, you're dead. It, you're dead. So I'm going to go organ donation, then cadaver. And then from there, I don't give a shit. <laughs> if somebody yeah. has to care about what's left they'll give you they'll, they'll they'll even give you a service like the the hospital yeah they'll give you a service. they'll they'll hook you up with a little bit yeah. they'll give you your ashes they'll cremate you um or give not you your ashes but they'll give your next of kin your ashes and uh if they want them they can have them yeah and uh that's cool but yeah uh, I don't need a piece of stone to immortalize me um you know hopefully you know, I, with this and other things that I've done, I'm part of the, you know, I'm part of what happened, but, uh, you know, the whole what happened. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of people out there and, uh, you know, if I can make it without, uh, you know, without, 
you know, without dying too painfully, then everything's good. I don't have any expectations beyond that. So, yeah. yeah. And I highly recommend anybody take that same path. That is the, in my opinion, the most noble path you can take. I have three possible paths. Okay. My first possible path is that through extreme wealth and medical advancements, I'm able to live forever. Step two or possibility two um, is that I'm completely preserved and until, cryonically? And, and, until they can bring me back to life. Cryonics. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Different and, than cryogenics, but yeah. cryonics. Yeah. yeah. And step three is that, yeah, I don't really give a shit. I guess, you know, if I was going to stay here on Earth, I would say, you know, I, I would be up for shooting into space. If you were going to shoot my body, shoot my body into space. That's cool. Would you be willing to donate your organs and then donate your body to science? And then be shot into space? Sure. I'm dead at that point. Sure. The other route would be to, to, to like cremate myself and yourself. Well, or have yourself cremated. Yes. Have myself okay. cremated and then give, give my ashes, divide them up and give them to like a certain amount of people from my life and have them go somewhere on earth to spread my ashes so that they could have like a journey. And ideally I would be able to pay for their journey. So That's they would have to do this. So it would be like a reflective moment for both them and getting to go somewhere that I always wanted to go and maybe didn't get to go. Sure. That they've always wanted to go and haven't gotten to go to, and, sure. you know, that kind of thing. So an, an end, so you're extending their journey at your end, your end is extending their journey. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to open up this piece of paper one day and it's going to have a little vial and it's going to say, you need Take to go to Bali, bitch. No, that would be fantastic. But it's probably going to say, no, you need to climb this fucking mountain in Tibet and, <laughs> and go yes. bury this shit. Um, Climb Everest and, and cast me into the wind from the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I mean, Folgers coffee can into the into the uh, into, into the, the into the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, the bosom of the Pacific Ocean. Or back into the, your beard, or back into your beard. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely. No, uh, I think that's a fine idea. I think that's a yeah. fantastic idea. You know. Speaking of which, we really should go bowling next time you're out here. Absolutely. Like, I have been practicing a little bit, but not. Uh, Getting old, you could say this. I've been practicing a couple years ago, yeah. and so I still have a little bit of that. I have no bowling game, but, no. but but you know, being out here, I'm always reminiscent of Lebowski. Yeah, can we go? To, is that still a bowling alley? So I really <laughs> feel like that particular bowling alley is no longer in existence. Mm -hmm. From my collection of Lebowski locations, I think it's still there. Ooh. But I don't think it's uh, we can check that, but I don't think it's like operating. Mm. But I think it's what is it? Um, Starlight Bowl or something like that. Yeah. Um, his house his like little village houses that he lived in. Um, I have that. I, I don't necessarily want to go there. People live there. You know, I don't want to go. Yeah. No, I don't want to go where people are living. I had one visitor already want to do that, and that was pretty weird. Really? Yeah. Wanted to go see. Oh, yeah. You're oh, telling yeah. me about that. Yeah. 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 No, no. Lebowski is much more interesting and fun to 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 uh, go explore around L.A. Though. Yeah. 
you know yeah much more lighthearted. absolutely you know absolutely i mean every time i go to ralph's i think of going of that fucking movie dude and <laughs> in and out too there's you know? a ralph's in fucking kentucky and every time i see that <laughs> shit I think of it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still use that as a gauge, as a gauge. If somebody is, doesn't, doesn't like, like it's, it's one thing if they're too young and they haven't seen it, which, which is one thing. But if, if they've seen that movie and they don't like it, I really don't know if they're a good person. It's a, it's a, it's a decent judge of character. (laughs) It really is. It is. It is. It is. I would put the, the big Lebowski. Yeah. Along with like, they have to like my animals. You know, or yeah. my animals have to like them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you um, have any animals? I don't. Oh, okay. I, well, I take that back. I do. I have fish. Oh, um, wow. Trained. They're they're actually trained. They eat they're out trained. of my hand. Um, I had to. I had to. fish are these? They're Florida flag fish. What is a fucking, yeah. what's that? Uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting fish. Uh, you, Florida you, you, flag fish. They look is like. Is this a big fish? Yeah, no, they're about the, they look like a uh, uh, cross between, um, like a brim, like a panfish or a, a, a crappie, and like uh, I know what any of that and a is. Smallmouth bass, uh, but no, they're only about the size of you know they're only about a couple four inches long at, at oh. max. But they'll come up and eat from your hand. So there was a male and a female, and I needed to get more. But I had initially a male and a female, and the male wouldn't let the female eat. So I would distract the male with food in the water, and then I would use an eyedropper and and like mix the food with water uh. and. And put it in front of her. Well, she got the wild idea that this is how we're going to eat. And uh, now when I come in the room, she swims around in circles and puts her lips out in the water. So you have trained them in a way. Mm -hmm. Pavlovian fish. Interesting. Yep. It's a pain in the ass. And they say fish aren't smart. I mean, they can definitely be trained. Now we'll see. They've been fed on time. Every day, because I don't. I'm easy. They yeah. look at me. If the fish, if the fish does something, and I walk in the room and it's like, like, oh, here's some food. Absolutely, <laughs> it's just they're good. I'm a terrible, terrible, you know, um, caretaker for them. But they've been feeding. They've been eating out of an automatic feeder. So we'll go back and see if that has reset them at all. That's um, interesting. But uh, but yeah, I hope to get something bigger. Uh, third third floor apartment. Um, it's a little pain in the ass to get stuff up there i would like to have an aquarium but yeah it's uh it's 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 not an easy asset to have i remember uh, this 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 guy from uh orlando actually when we were in school down there and he had this exotic fish and he was moving to vegas and it was like a huge fucking deal to try and get that fish to vegas for sure it was like super expensive fish big fit bigger fish as well yep but I have to admit, if I was if I was balling out of control, I'd like to have a wall in my house that was nothing but an aquarium. That'd be sure. pretty dope. Sure. Have some sharks and some barracudas and some exotic tropical bright fish. It'd be very cool. Well, there's a way to do this without putting. So there are fish. There's a big problem. There is a way to do it. It's called make a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a way without without trampling on the fish. Ah. And. Um, uh, there are fish rescues that exist now because there are fish that live for a long time. Some oh, of these wow. bigger fish live for a long time. And so there's a fish rescue in Ohio. This guy that does it, he's on YouTube, Ohio Fish Rescue. And uh, um, yeah, you could go and get a fish from one of these type of 
places and adopt a fish, yeah. you know, and then, uh, you know, commit to the rest of its life and, uh, you know, take just care, like a bird. Take care of that fish. Yeah, take care of that fish. Big enough fish and you can feed them live food, which I'm not, I, I don't need that. The only live food that I fish are, or that I feed my fish are uh, brine shrimp. So they're very yeah. small, but um, I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not big on live feeding. It's exciting to see, but like most of the time it's dangerous. Um, like people put like scorpions in with pup for fish. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. It's a common thing. Um, I mean, what would you feed a fish that's live? Scorpions and 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 um, um, put bugs. scorpions and bugs into the aquarium. And it, he put a uh, centipede in there, a real long centipede, and pufferfish will just tear it up, dude. Just tear it up. It's a common thing. You yeah. can you can you can do puffer eats. That's a pretty big fish. A pufferfish. It can be. Yeah. It yeah. Can. I, I mean, mean centipedes I've seen are pretty gnarly looking. Well, they've got this mouth that's like got ridges the in centipede it. or the puffer the puffer oh, okay. so it's essentially like two rocks uh, in the front that uh, they can crush through anything shit. Yeah. they can bite through anything and just like the centipede they just like eat it in half and then they just like yeah they they, they don't care that's pretty crazy um i don't condone it normally because it doesn't need to happen like the fish yeah you might every once in a while maybe feed it something live but just for the thrill of it but um I mean, I don't think the fish really cares. <laughs> and it can get hurt. Yeah, for sure. The fish can get hurt. Yeah. That's the that's the big problem. So it's not it's 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 frowned upon in the animal husbandry circles. I see. That sort of and displaying it, yeah. you know, displaying it for fun and profit. Get them views up. Get them views up. Yeah. yeah. Them yeah. likes. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Well, man, it's. Uh, I think we should we should probably wrap this. I think you've got the they got the record here, dude. We're at three hours and twenty minutes. Jeez. Son. We've 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 run a marathon. Is that good? I've had a fucking great time. I have I too, mean, man. Talking about this crazy stuff and sharing you, you, our you being here in town, man. That's absolutely. I uh, I, I yeah. You you've already been talking about a next trip, so I'm I'm eager to help you plan out your next trip and, and maximize it, son. Let's do it. Let's yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I mean, I can I can make the flight and uh, I've got the time. Yeah, we'll figure it out sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah, for sure. It's been it's been fucking awesome. Catching up, dude. Absolutely. Like, for sure. This this whole week kind of yep. hanging out and catching up. For sure. I've had a blast. This is exactly what I this isn't exactly what I expected, but I am very glad that this is how it turned out. You know, I, I expected something similar, but yeah. there's things that I've seen that I didn't expect yeah. to see. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Awesome. We need to go get something more you have you have one more to to one one more piece of advice for me and we're gonna go get some good dinner tonight yes sir yeah it's time to go do that right now we're uh, before the place is closed yes sir <laughs> we're approaching that time all right sir well we're out of here yep take care man peace love power to the people